Okay. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm here with a guest tonight, and we are we just got done with some awesome weigh-ins. But before I do that, let me get right into it. You know, my unofficial um, sponsor here is Roll Soap. Uh, you can find that at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Roll Soap. Let me do that again. www.etsy.com slash shop slash Roll Soap. I messed that up. Um, so I'm going to introduce my guest right here. A lot of y'all know, y'all probably watched him from 864FC. He's their, you know, their head media guy right now. He does his own podcast. It's awesome. He's on the road. We're actually on the road right now. I'm here with Coach D, Darren Eady. What's up? What's happening, man? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, so yeah, we just we had some awesome weigh-ins. Before we get into the, all that, I just want to, I just kind of want to run through the backstory here. So we've known, kind of known each other for I'd say about two, three years now, mm-hmm. and um, it all started kind of in this fight game type thing and yeah. fight hyping. Um, yeah, just where did you get your start? Let them know. Well, I said. Um, my, I gave my whole background, like, you know, after I got out of the Marine Corps, which is, you know, how I developed my intense mentality, I uh, came here to South Carolina, and I started in bodybuilding. So, you know, i you know been bodybuilding for about since 96, 97, all the way up to 2002, 2003, you know what I'm saying? So then I became a personal trainer, and then um, I, met, I met Lance Adams, you know, at Gold's Gym, and I found out that he had a gym, and he invited me over. To be the strength and conditioning coach for his fighters so that's how i actually officially got in the fight game at warrior warehouse and then we started having our fights we started going to shows i'm like don't nobody know us you know what i'm saying i said i said these people you know are talking junk to us and you know of course my aggressive nature i'm talking junk back i said i would not go to a state without nobody know who we are so i, I started doing my our own little interviews saying hey we're about to fight in this in this state or in that state and do my interviews with the fighters. And that's how I really got started. But it was just personal. It was just for me and the fighters. Until I got into a beef with, I can't remember which, which, um, what fight I was at. But I got back and forth with somebody. And I decided to blast them on Facebook. And that's officially, you know, how Coach D came to life. They started timing back at me on Facebook. I said, okay, there it goes. And from there, I kept going. But I did other podcasts and like from personal training, nutritional guidelines, you know, um, Officially, if I say it this way, my first podcast was um, I had a one just talk so we can listen, and that was about nutrition and lifestyle. So that's really where it came from. Yeah, so a lot of things there. Um, I, I'm actually I love lifting myself, so mm-hmm. um, I did not know you were a bodybuilder. That's actually really interesting. Um, so did you ever? You, did you compete? I'm assuming uh, as far as yeah, I, I competed. Like I said, I, I did about about maybe seven or eight shows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for um, fighters listening to this, you know, bodybuilding, they also have to deal with the same thing with weight cuts as well. Mm-hmm. In a way, they uh, they drain their body, they get real dry before competitions, and you know it. They're up there on stage, and people think it's so easy that you just yeah. go up there and flex, but they mm-hmm. don't realize like even me who I, I've never competed, but I had friends who did, and I worked out with them. You go up there and you're flexing on stage, mm-hmm. and you're depleted of water, you're cramping up, oh, and yeah. it's super painful at times. And yeah, so also. I remember the way we the way we got acquainted was I had a buddy of mine, Usher Dickens, was um he was going to 
Somehow he got called out. I don't know how. I don't know how it got brought up, but mm-hmm. it was. I just remember it was Paul Teague and this kid named Chris Vanderford, and then somehow Usher got brought up, and I was like, "Oh no, you can't call my friend out like this." <laughs> and then from there, I tagged a bunch of people, and I was like, "Check out this foolish kid, Chris Vanderford." And then, oh my goodness, did it blow up? Yes, it ever. did. It took off. It got so crazy. I mean, I remember like Cornbread getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, people from. Like I think some people from Ohio got into yeah. it. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah. No, it got so wild. I felt like kind of semi-famous, and then that's when I found out about your your little uh, MMA fight camp, mm-hmm. kind of. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and it, but that that taught taught me about personalities. You know, of course, you know Chris Vanderford. You know, I, he he wasn't necessarily a fighter, but boy, could he deliver with his mouth. Oh, he you could. Know what I'm saying? He could. So his personality got him to the stage like if we'd have met him normally and he didn't run his mouth we would never have considered him fighting at all under yeah. no circumstances but the way he ran his mouth we like he, we want to see him fight now yeah. it's so, what i was saying it's kind of like the uh, the 1980s rick flair thing like you will yeah. pay to watch him get his ass kicked yeah. and that's how and that's how i was i was like i i never would have said anything to him if he would have just if he wouldn't have said anything about one of my really good friends i wouldn't have said anything mm-hmm. and honestly the more I look back on it, I do need to thank him, but I also think he might have been trolling half the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. think he was playing with everyone, like, especially me and my brother, like, little puppets just, like, <laughs> dance for me. Like, he, he would post a picture, and it was like, nope, nope, not happening. Yeah. We'd start to attack it, and the next thing I know, like, it's getting, like, 400 comments deep. Mm-hmm. It, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. there was people who never fought before challenging this kid. Yeah. Like, what in the world? Like, I love I mean, it, I feel bad because... Um, I guess you could consider it cyberbullying in a way, but like, we he he knew what he was doing. He was wanting to get the fight, and mm-hmm. then I remember we were super excited that he actually accepted to do it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he had some medical issues and mm-hmm. he couldn't. But but hey. he he eventually got into the cage at, at a smoker event. Really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know about that? I did not know about it. Please yeah. enlighten me. He okay. We um all that went into an actual event. So the Warrior Warehouse put on their first smoker event. Yeah. And he was scheduled to fight, and he actually did a boxing match oh, against... Oh, yeah, yeah, Cole Yarbrough. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. And like I said, Cole Yarbrough is a straight-up killer. Yeah. So I can say we can joke around all day about Chris Vanderford, but at the end of the day, he did get in the cage. Mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he did get in the ring, and he did fight a legit killer. Yeah. No, so I got to give him that. He, I think he lasted about thirty seconds, but no, uh, he, went, he he one round, one round. Yeah, he made it, was, it almost okay, it to the round. end, but like I said, at the end of the day, he got dealt with. Yeah, you know, but what I'm the saying? thing but, is, is he actually did it, and that's when you people don't realize it is extremely difficult to, you know, psych yourself up to do that. People okay. don't realize because it is it is dangerous. You know, you're going in there. It is war. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about that with my guys in the wrestling room. It's it's a Pretty much, in a, you're agreeing to a fight. It's like, yeah. hey, look, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna go to war for about six minutes, and then, you know, that's that. It's we'll, we'll shake hands after we're done and we're out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people cannot mentally handle that, mm-hmm. and it's so when you when you see people like Chris Vanderford or people like CM Punk or you look at people who get on these cards where they're like, you know, Owen, make, let's say like Owen twenty nine or something. I'm making up a number here. Yeah, you you may not be happy to see them. But you have to respect that. You yeah. have to respect that courage. Yeah. And I think anyone who does that, you know, whether it is misguided and they think they're going to be the next UFC champ or not, that's beside the point. Mm. It still takes a lot of courage, and you have to respect it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like I said, we're in a, you know, I come from a different era than you. So like I said, you yeah. know, for those you don't know, I'm, I'm 50. So I'm old now. So back in our day, you know, you know, you had to, you know, put up or shut up was, <laughs> was real. If you ran your mouth, you were fighting. It wasn't yeah. an excuse of, you know, you can run your mouth in. Because we, we, we didn't have no Facebook. We didn't have none of that. You know, people were coming to come see you at the end of the day after you ran your mouth. Yeah. So we had to drive to wherever you were at. Call you out when you were fighting. You know, that was the name of the game. Now, people can run their mouth on Facebook all day long and not worry about the consequences. Yeah, there are plenty of them. Yeah, that's um, actually, like, I'm not that old. I can't say, like, my generation. But my generation, I think, the people I grew up with, we were about that last little group who would actually go and um, we still played outside and all that. Mm. We'd scrap with their friends. It was no big deal. Mm. And then that's that. And... Nowadays, you got the social media. You've got these very, um, we got a really bubble wrap society. Yeah. I think like you, we have people who can hide behind these computers. And then if, if you do anything, it's bam, immediate lawsuit. And it's like, mm-hmm. come on, like, mm-hmm. where, where is the point that you got a man up? And as you say, I'm going to steal your quote here is do your thing. <laughs> like, I love, I love some of your quotes. You got to do your thing, the get down, uh, yeah, the Molly Wap. The Molly Wap. Yeah, I heard you use that today during the weigh-ins. I was like, wait, what the hell did he just say? Yeah. Well, like I said, I want, I always want people to something they can latch on to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if I come down with a get-down report or, or the Molly Wap, I'm going somewhere with it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I want, you know, uh, people to go, yeah, you know what? I can't wait to see who's going to get the Molly Wap. Yeah. Then it catches on, and, you know, you're good to go with it's it. It's kind of like the old... Um the bobby people used to do where they come up slap you in the back of the neck or the neck mm-hmm. stuff like that the, the molly wop's gonna be the next big thing yeah i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna yeah. make sure so we've got the um before we start getting into the fights again i know i i, I do want to touch on those and like what you think about some of these uh how exactly did you get started with 864 i know will lowick is like the matchmaker mm-hmm. and y'all are y'all are pretty close friends as far as yeah. i as far as i know and um you know just how how did you how did you get into it and you know, well, well, actually, uh, you know, you know, everybody who knows, you know, me doing, you know, my Coach D thing, you know, I was, I want, I always want fighters to have a voice, you know, whether yeah. you're an amateur or you're a pro. So my my goal was to go as to many shows as I can. So give you, you know, give you the story of, you know, why Coach D grew the way it grew is that I would actually call up promoters and go, hey, can I come and interview your fighters? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I had to go on my own dime and you know, get in my truck and, and drive to these to these events, you know, set up shop and just start doing interviews. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, it, be, it began to catch on. And then, then the Coach D personality came in. You know, I said, if you're coming to see me, that means you handled your business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, all yeah, that, yeah, yeah. it grew over time and that became the personality. Yeah. But the grind was real. The reason I talk like I do and as much junk as I do, because I grinded just like any fight. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't get in the cage. I didn't get punched in the face, but I had to grind for people to pay attention. Yeah. I had to grind for people's attention. I had to grind to make a point. I had to grind to, to, to let that fighter get some shine. You know what I'm saying? So, because before, you know, amateurs weren't getting any shine. You know what I'm saying? If you if you weren't a name or you didn't come from a big gym, no, no one was trying to hear what you had to say. Yeah. You know, so so I, I was able to grow that platform. So, I was, um, I was at Warfare 17? Yeah, Warfare 17. You know, and of course, doing what I'm doing, I'm doing the Coach D thing and um, the owners of 864, which was Roy Cam and, and George Shire, they were watching me do it. They were in a crowd started watching because they were there to see um, a lot of the Revolution guys fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing interviews with the Revolution guys, and they were like, man, who is this guy? 
you know, that's just running his mouth. I was writing them off. I think we had like, I got 10 interviews done in like, you know, 20 minutes, you know, boom, 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 all different content, all different energy, all different verbiage, never the same thing twice. They were like, Hey man, I like this guy. So at the after party, you know, Roy, Roy came up to me. He goes, Hey, you want, so you want a beer? I go, no, I'm still on the clock. I'm still working. Right. Mm-hmm. After that, I said, I like this guy. And the next day they called me and said, Hey, I want you to work for six one. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember you being at a USFFC event, and mm-hmm. that was one I was actually cornering my buddy. It's, um, I was, I I, I normally corner him. We're best friends. Yeah. I've known him since I was a kid. So I and we wrestled together, and you know since I coach wrestling, all that, I would help him with his wrestling. And um, anyway, I remember I was cornering him, and he, he lost that night. But I remember you interviewed me, and um, I don't remember the exact things in the interview. I will be on. I was. I was not fit to be interviewed, but I yeah, did. I was, yeah, he I had still, a couple fight fans. He had a couple. I, I had a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple of a couple, and um, I actually remembered that. And uh, yeah, I was like, man. But the one thing I walked away with that is, I was like, man, because I, I remembered you. Like I said, I remember fight camp, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing you there, and you were just pulling people in, pulling people in. And I was like, man, like he's this is pretty cool. I mean, he's actually. He's grinding out here. He's getting interviews. He's doing his thing, and um, you know that's very respectable. And then that next thing I know, I see eight six four is being brought up, and then boom, I see your face with eight six four. I was like, holy shit! He's like, he's blown up. I was like, this is this is really cool. Um, yeah. You know, and it's from like the like I said a couple. I think I said it earlier in the podcast from like two three years ago, seeing you on uh, just like a little Facebook show type thing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're the guy for 864 as far as media goes out there interviewing people you're interviewing mm-hmm. interviewing george shire you were interviewing um like people like john sweeney and i'm like mm-hmm. man this man's from columbia mm-hmm. how is he getting this stuff done yeah. and i mean yeah that is that, to me that i was like i was really impressed i was mm-hmm. like that's he had a goal and man he did not stop till he got there yeah and that's yeah. the thing now i would say i was fortunate enough to have platforms like social media. Yeah. So, you know, even though I'm old school and I go, okay, the social media can get out of control sometime, but it did help get my voice out there, you know, a lot further <laughs> where people in Virginia go, hey, Coach D, you know, and you're in states to where you, you've never been only only for a fight and people know who you are. Yeah, yeah You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So that's always pretty cool. Yeah, that was, um, and people don't realize, so you, and you were talking about that grind, a lot of people don't realize, I struggle with it on my podcast a lot, uh, you know, this one as well. It's when you get into this kind of, I don't even want to say I'm a media per se, because I don't have a media license right now, but it's when you get into this media game and you're either, do, if you're doing podcasts or what, you have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. and you can't be introverted and hope people come to you. You yeah. have to get out there and you have to be that mm-hmm. forefront. Yeah. Like I I remember I'll, I've had to do it on my phone a couple of times. I'll message them like, hey, look, I've got a podcast. I know this is uncomfortable. You've never met me, but I've got this podcast. I want you on this platform. And for you to actually call these venues, like these big fight venues, and go, let me interview some of your fighters, that takes guts. And yeah. it takes it takes perseverance, because I'm sure some people would be like, eh, I'd rather you not. But for the most part, I mean, it like I said, it takes guts, and it mm-hmm. takes courage. So that, I will give my hats off to you on that one, man. That's very courageous. And um, Well, in this game, you I mean, you, you got to have thick skin. You yeah. know, a lot of people who've come on board now and go, hey, that's Coach D, that's Coach D. The, the, the amount of no's that mm-hmm. you'll get 
in in the beginning because nobody know who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, luckily enough, a couple people knew me because I was I was a fight coach. So I was at events, you know, corning, you know, Michael Whaley and Giovanni Hyde and things like that. So some people knew who I was. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. been to me all of a sudden to go, I'm a media guy. They go, no, weren't you corning Michael Whaley like two months ago? You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they couldn't, you know, they couldn't put two and two together. So the answer was no. You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, you know, after I started liking everybody and then they, they go, okay, no, he was, oh, I just, I could swear I thought I saw him on the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. then the next time I did it, it was a final yes. Yeah. But like I said, that's still a yes on your own dime. It so is, you, so, so you got to spend your own gas. You got to, you know, get your own hotel, you know, mm-hmm. because they didn't see the value to after I did my work. So after all my interviews got shown, talking about the fighter, talking about the venue, talking yeah. about, talking about the promoter, talking about the promotion, you know, and then I build up enough credibility to where I can get a matchmaker to do an interview with me, to get a promoter to do an interview with me. And then I started to really get traction because now legit promoters were answering my questions on my podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, people who who weren't considering me, you know, six months ago. So now they value what I had to say and they value my fan base. You know what I'm saying? To add on to that, um, and it's something you didn't mention here, and I'm sure you had to do, I'm almost positive you had to do this. You talk about all those interviews and all that, but you're also leaving out the fact the editing. People yeah. don't realize it takes time to edit. Oh my it God. does. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. Like, I guarantee you, I'm probably you know we're here. It's nine seventeen right now. I'm probably not going to get to sleep until about one one thirty a.m. because mm-hmm. I'm going to be uploading this, editing it, making sure everything's fine. Um, usually podcasts are pretty easy to edit, but you've got you've got your video, you've got the green screen, you got to pull up all that, so it takes more time mm-hmm. than just, and that's just. You know, that's video. My audio takes a long time. I couldn't imagine doing video. Like, and it's... understand, Fight fans, no formal training. I learned yeah. all of this on the fly. So I started off with a PC, which is easier for me to use. Mm-hmm. And I switched over to a Mac, hard to use. And then you have a crappy mic with all this white noise. You don't know what that is. Why can't you get rid of it? Why can't you clean it up? And then you have to buy a yeah, yeah. better mic. So, you know, so all the things trial and error you know so why is it fuzzy you know how much lighting do i need where does the light need to go you know all yeah. these things over time you know that's that's so. how it started out with me you know before this like i'm i've got this i'm pretty much i've for y'all can't see me obviously and i'm not you know bragging or anything but i've got my audio my audio interface here i'm, I'm the one controlling this i'm controlling the software making sure everything's right before this, I didn't know jack shit about computers mm-hmm. i still and i still don't i'm, I'm learning a lot mm-hmm. um i remember trying to clip audio my very first podcast uploaded on my own with this equipment i clipped the audio um and it was getting late and i didn't sync it properly and i up sync it properly and i uploaded it and i was catching feedback and i still uploaded it. i even let the guys know because i was you mm. know it's like yeah i i don't want to be a person who doesn't give my word i told them it was being uploaded and but luckily you know people listen to it they're like oh it's not that bad uh you know you, you couldn't even recognize it and i was like guys if you can bear with me through this one podcast mm. next time we'll be fine Next thing I know, I do one with Cody, and um, we get there, and Greenville, you know Greenville is always road work, wrecks, mm-hmm. and all that, so we mm-hmm. didn't get to have it as long as it was, but I remember that one with Cody Freeland, and people coming up to me, like, man, I really love that. I wish it was longer, because yeah. it was only like 30 minutes, and he's like, I wish it was longer, and I, you know, you should have him on again. I'm like, yeah, man, like, I would love to, mm-hmm. and, you know, ever since then, it's just been... It went from crawling to walking, and now it's like a full sprint. I'm still trying to get my bearings yeah. right. Like, man, you know, let's say you're ahead of the game, man. Like I said, when I when I first got started, you know, I had no idea 
of what a condenser mic was and mm -hmm. you know you know ambient noise you know yeah when i heard about X, xlr mics and xlr <laughs> cables yeah. um I was like, what is it talking mm -hmm. about? I was yeah. like, what's what's XLR? Now I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm buying all this stuff. I'm I'm like, what's an audio interface? Like, why does why do I need that to record? And then I was hearing about this stuff called Phantom Power, and I'm mm. like, huh? <laughs> well, I think for me, my biggest savior is doing it all wrong. Yeah. You know, because understand, I mean, you you were raised in the in the technical era, mm -hmm. so you were raised on a cell phone, you were raised on a laptop, you were raised on video games. I wasn't. So all this stuff that I had to figure out, I was doing it all wrong. So I had to learn why it was wrong. And that's why I got better. It's, that's the reason you see such a level of production come so fast. Because I did it all wrong. Yeah. So I had to correct everything every day. I go, why is, why is my face so bright? Why is, you know, so I had to learn all this stuff every day. So now I, I know it secondhand because I had to learn it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's why I, you know, I, I grew so fast in, in the game. Cause I, went, I had to fix it every day. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, I mean that's 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 such a big part of this is that trial mm -hmm. and error. And I talked about it on my um, we talked about it on one of my failure videos for the Cerebrus Wrestling podcast I had. It was a uh, I talked about you know Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison when he invented the light bulb, he said that he didn't figure out how to invent the light bulb. He figured out a thousand ways how not to invent the light bulb. Mm -hmm. And that to me is always stuck with me. It's yeah. you know someone who is probably one of the greatest achievements in modern you know, modern technology, a light bulb that you can come inside, flip a switch and illuminate a dark room. And mm. it's crazy to think of. And he doesn't think that he, invent, he thinks he just, it's a thousand ways not to. And I'm like that, that speaks volumes. Mm. And, um, so I've actually always valued failure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think of it as like, oh man, I didn't meet my goal. I think of it as, okay, I didn't meet my goal. What do I need to work on now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even it, I was, it was hard for me to think like that when I was a wrestler and it's hard to, it, at first it was hard for me to think like that as a coach. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I still battle with that, but it's failure is a good thing and it's something that you should embrace almost, but not be, not be content with. Like mm -hmm. if you fail, take it as the lesson, but don't, don't be like, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it comes down to why you failed. Yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're trying to do something that you've never done and, and, you failed a lot or a little bit, mm -hmm. you still did it. You know, a lot of people, one thing I will never have is regrets. Yeah. One thing I will never say is go, why didn't I? You know, so like, you know, this podcast is my baby. It's because I wanted to create something my own. That mm -hmm. that it wasn't no job. It wasn't no, that that it's a cookie cutter system. You know, you do this, you do this, you do this. I wanted to create something from scratch that I could say, I built that myself. Yeah. You know, I built Coach D. I created Coach D. Yeah, now you know that's, like you said earlier, uh, now it's become a, Coach D is your persona. It's almost like a professional wrestler, like a CM Punk mm -hmm. or a Hulk Hogan. No one knows them as their real name anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I I still, like, I still know you as Darren, but I don't think I ever hear anyone call you Darren. And I think I barely even call you Darren. I think I've, every time I talked about you, like, me and my brother, you know, I've, I know, talk, I've like I said, Coach D and, like, it's amazing that, that that is now your, I guess, persona. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've you been with 864, I'd say, about three months now. Um, one thing that, and I'm not going to get into all the drama, but 864 has come in and they, they did step on toes, but one thing that they've done is um, they've really, 
I don't want to say done things the right way, but they, they've treated fighters, and fighters actually want to come fight here. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like they're doing that. Like, Even though they're a local promotion, looking at them, you would think they're a lot bigger than what they are. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they've come in. They, they had two awesome first pay-per-views they were on. They had Stefan Bonner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, they this is like, they have they haven't even been a promotion six months and here they are they're doing some pretty cool things like they got Nathan Williams fighting and you know to me Nathan Williams is probably one of the top prospects mm-hmm. and that's not in the UFC the fact that he's not in the UFC right now I think is a travesty yeah um, I even said that in my little interview with him um, he's such a great fighter and it to me I feel like one there's a few things that would be ironed out but once those get done like I I really do feel like. 864 can be something like I love the the internet pay-per-view and everything well going with the with the drama aspect about it because you know me I try I try to stay neutral you know what I'm saying you know but when you when when you sit down with a group of people and you you see the passion now one thing I will say about myself Mm. I dare anybody to outwork me you know I'm saying you know I will I will grind out everything to the max just so I can say I'm not only in the game, but I want to be one of the best in the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I sat down with eight six four, you know, Roy and George, and watched their work ethic, and their willingness to want it to be the best and willing to sacrifice all, that emotion kicked in. Mm-hmm. That you know, these almost like a almost like like a military. When you're in the military, or you're even in, in, the, in the wrestling gym, when yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you've been grinding with a with a with a with a fellow wrestler, he becomes your brother. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what it is, you got his back because you know he has ground as hard as you've been grinding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you can't give him nothing but respect. And that's what they were doing. They were grinding so hard. So when this, you know, drama kicked off, my emotion kicked in for the first time. Normally, I'm neutral. I'm like, I'm like I'll give I'll give shine and hate to the same guy. You know what I'm saying? But I had to back them up, man. You know, A, they're, they're my team. But B, they showed me that they deserve to be backed. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean... When I, I mentioned this on a little, what we call our subcast, they're little small videos. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned that. I said, I, I've learned it when I was wrestling and I, I learned it coaching. You learn a lot, you know, from people when you're, I guess you could say like in battle with them as mm-hmm. far as, I mean, and you know that from you, you know, being a Marine and all that. Um, in that wrestling room, I can, I can grapple with one of my guys or one of the high school guys. And I know a lot about them. Yeah. I don't, there's no conversation needed. I know that if they're mentally strong, mm-hmm. mentally weak, mm-hmm. um, you know, where their head's at, what they might be looking for. And it's when you find people who are as goal-oriented as you, like mm-hmm. me and Coach Purdy, I started coaching with him five years ago. Yeah. And we have never looked back. We have started doing everything. We have very similar mindsets, very similar, you know, aspirations and goals that we want. And, you know, especially we both love wrestling and mm-hmm. we want it to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I went, he coached me when I was in eighth grade and it was his first year coaching in middle school. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coaching with him and we're, we're best friends. And, it's when you get people who are very like-minded with you as far as goals, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't help but get, you know, yeah. offended when someone wants to call them out. And, mm-hmm. you know, granted, yeah, I there were some of the things that some of the arguments people were making. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I see where they were coming from and yeah. I kind of agreed. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it's this new promotion. They're they're fighting for elbow room at the table. Yeah. They have to get their name known. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who y'all are now. Yeah. So, And like I said, with me and my podcast, I put everything on me. Mm-hmm. I go, I go, I go, I go. This is my opinion. This is what I think. Yeah. And come at me. 
you never heard me not say, hey, if you, if you hate what I'm saying, hit me up in the box below and let's yeah. let's go at it. I don't I don't run from it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna be say some junk and then you don't hear from me. I'm yeah. right there with you to the end, you know. So if I'm wrong, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, he called me out on that one. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah, you did yeah. that actually. I remember someone. I think it was David Oblos mm-hmm. um, said something, and you were like, hey, uh, yeah, I own it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty. Uh, that's. I mean that that takes a lot of a lot of um, character to do that. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, I I'm gonna say it on here. Once I get John Sweeney on here, I'll let him know. Um, first time I ever watched him fight, I saw him come in the ring. And I was like, I kind of hope he loses. I thought he was kind of... But then right after that fight, he fought someone much taller than him. And I've told, I've told my brother this. I'm a huge John Sweeney fan now. After that first fight, I watched him. I was like, this man just changed my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, after I saw what he could do, I was like, damn. He's every bit as good as he... I don't even want to say pretending to be. Because he's every bit as good as he, you know, as he carries himself to be. And mm-hmm. then some. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to tell him because like... You know, I'm and I'm sure he he would love to hear that. It's like, man, I changed uh, someone who was in opposition. Now I've got a fan out of him, and he's such a such a hard fighter, and he he you can tell he really loves what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, now is there any fights in particular that you're looking forward to on this card? Well, I mean, this I mean, this the whole first of all, the whole card is stacked. You know, oh, what I'm saying from the you know, top down and. The great thing that I when you when you hear me say I love my job is because being able to talk with fighters and have conversations and get to know them and get to know why it's going to be what it's going to be. It's one thing to just you know see somebody show up that you don't have no nothing invest with you know nothing about it and see them fight. You go oh good fight bad fight, you know. But then when you know somebody and you know their background, like you know I go down the list like you know Cody and you know Dom Dom's a Marine. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, now, you know, I, I get to see a devil dog fight. You know what I'm saying? And, and see him get down like he get down. And also, you know, as a UFC vet. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how many chances do we get to see a UFC vet and be to shake a hand and talk with them, learn their background? You know what I'm saying? Nothing beats that. You know, so like I said, the, the main event is going to be off the chain. You know, I know Cody Wilson because he's, he's, he's from he's from our, he's from our neck of the woods. Yeah. You know, it, that story alone, don't, it don't get no better than that. Then, you know, I'm, a, I'm an XP sports fan. You know what I'm saying? Them guys have never failed to show up and fight, you know, no excuses. They come in and bang, and they always call it like they see it. They call me out too. If I if I mess up or something, they call me out too. I love that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm invested in that just because of that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But if I say if you ask me, number one fight is definitely the John John Sweeney and Keith Lee fight. Yeah, you know? that's um that's actually going to be a big one. I I I'm not putting pressure on John Sweeney right here. I mean, and I'm sure he already knows it. With Keith Lee coming down here to South Carolina and his brother, he's got you know he's coming to make a name. Yeah. He's he's wanting to make a name for himself. And right now, John Sweeney is the he's pretty much repping South Carolina. He's mm-hmm. you know he's got if he wins, it's it's a win for South Carolina. And yeah. I really hope he, especially this area. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm super excited for that. And you're talking about X three Nathan Williams. And I mentioned it earlier. Like I think it's a travesty that the UFC hasn't contacted him. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm ready to see his fight. I really am. Mm-hmm. There's so, so and like you talked about Cody Wilson, um, Cody Durden, and Ryan Hollis. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my good friends is actually fighting on the card, Joel Maddock. Yeah, I think he's the third fight. That one I'm actually going to be really nervous for. It's always people I know that I get nervous for yeah. when I watch. And like I said, the biggest thing I had to to learn as a podcaster is. I do have to check my feelings at the door. Yeah. You know, I get passionate about a topic. I get passionate 
about, you know, somebody coming at me. But at the end of the day, you know, I got to be as honest about what I'm seeing as possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, when you have a, like, like Javani Hyde, you know what I'm saying? You know, I've watched this fighter. I've groomed this fighter. You know, I have something personally invested in his success, mm-hmm. you know, but I'll mollywop him in a minute. <laughs> you know, he, if he gets, if he gets mollywopped, I'm going to get in the air and go, guess who got his ass whooped, yeah. you know, because I had to look, I had to step back and let the fans have a chance to experience what happened. I can't let them experience only in the, in the way that I think they should experience. I can experience it like how I saw it. Yeah. That way they can appreciate what they're hearing, good or bad, you know, oh, good yeah, or bad. Absolutely. And I mean, that's like, I know, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about getting uh, Giovanni if he got Molly walked, which I, I don't think will happen. I'm glad that they got him a fight. <laughs> yeah. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, like, my friend, I'm not going to give the name out, but his last fight, he hadn't fought He hadn't fought since, since then, and it's mm-hmm. been about two years now. Um, he got guillotined, and the people who were in his corner, he left that gym. The people who were in his corner, he got guillotined, told him to sit back, to which you know I responded in the corner, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And by the time I mouthed that out, um, he was already unconscious. He, he went to sleep mm-hmm. and he went to sleep in front of a building full of people mm-hmm. and especially people who bought tickets for him and he hasn't fought since it really ruined his confidence yeah. and it's very hard and I, I still battle with that. It was hard for me to detach myself and that's part of the reason that night I got a little uh, carried away with the drinking but mm-hmm. but it's hard to distance yourself when you have someone that you've trained with or that you really know it's hard to um, be biased, yeah. And that's like I, I was when I was interviewing Joel tonight. Um, it it was really hard for me to interview him without being like friendly or a fan, and I I I, I wanted so bad to be like so hyped up and be like Joel, you're gonna guillotine this guy in like 20 seconds. I know it. I had to like just kind of reserve and be like, what are your uh, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Are you looking for him to make any mistakes? And mm. yeah. Well, I said another thing about this is, you know, and of course you're, you're starting off. I've been doing this for a minute. And one thing you will realize is it's like a, it's like a unwritten rule, but fans depend on you. Mm-hmm. Once they, once they become a follower and they share and like and, and retreat and comment on what you say, they depend on you to give them the best yeah. you that you can be. And when it comes to that information and that delivery, you know what I'm saying? So if you're not going to be that person that they've grown to love, then you, you a, take a break, regroup and come back so they can, so they can appreciate. Like yeah. when I started working with eight, six, four, you know, I, I had several podcasts like MMA, MMA fight camp. I do the UFC side too, like mm-hmm. on YouTube where I talk about UFC fights and fighters and I give my coach the rants and I go in and talk, talk noise. You know, when I got with eight, six, four, I took a hiatus from that to kind of get eight, six, four, where it need to be and give my devoted yeah. time and do it. And when I finally did my podcast on YouTube again, they go, oh, my God, man, we missed you, man. Where you been? Where you been? We were waiting on you. I'm like, it, it, it didn't dawn on me how much people depended on yeah. me to be Coach D. You know what I'm saying? They go, man, we thought you, we thought you got hurt. We thought you quit. You know, and they were chiming in for a good couple of minutes on just how much they appreciate me coming back. I'm like, wow, I would never do that again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you learn things every day as you go. People appreciate more than you think they do. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean- that's, uh, you know, people with the Cerebrus Wrestling brand, like, like I said, this started out three months ago, and um, the amount of people that was supporting us and like, hey, we got someone to help you out as far as like editing goes, or we got someone who's going to make some intro-outro music, um, mm-hmm. I, it was almost almost to the point where you're overtaken kind of with, you know, 
overwhelmed. It's like, man, like this is something that we started for fun. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, we would love for it to get big, but it wasn't meant to. And then like, mm-hmm. you've got people like, you know, Justin Scoggins, UFC guy was saying he wanted to be on. And then we've got other wrestlers that, you know, are going to be on who, you know, gone and done bigger things like with graphic design and music and stuff like this. And it's, and it's just something that starts out as so small and it's, it's hard for you to really, you know, comprehend when things take that next level up. You yeah. still think that you, like, I still think of it as I've got like two people watching, mm. you know, I, I don't, I don't realize that people are actually watching and, you know, I've got it out on YouTube. I mean, it's on YouTube now. It's on iTunes. It's on Google play. It's on mm. anchor. It's on Castbox. Mm. And like people are like, Hey man, I liked that episode. And people I'm training with who I hadn't even told I uploaded an episode are saying, Hey, I liked that last one you did. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Hmm. And think hey. about it. You're having, there's two, two parts of this, you know, you know, as a podcaster, especially in what come to wrestling, you know, if you are a wrestler, it's in your blood, it you is. know, you, there is no time. I'm not turning on to see who's who's doing what in wrestling. You know what I'm saying? You know, even though I'm fully invested in MMA, yeah. but but wrestling is in my blood. So you're so you're talking to people who are emotionally invested in what you're saying. Absolutely. You know, what I'm saying not just entertainment factor. Well, like let's see what kind of joke. Like I said, I listen to plenty of comedian podcasters. I, you know, I, I, of course I love Joe Rogan and all the guys. Oh, yeah. You know, what I'm saying, but like I said, it's you know it's entertainment. But I'm also heavily emotionally invested in MMA. So I'm going to listen to what he has to say, and it's going to it's going to resonate at some point. Mm-hmm. So so you so you know that's why I, I you know a I would I would have gave you the interview anyway, but I'm even more invested in the fact that we come from the same wrestling backgrounds. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So so that's a connection that I, it's like if you were a soldier, I will back you up because you were a soldier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're wrestling bro- brothers, man. So you will always get it. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I was and, actually, and you're doing a good job. You were sucking. I, I'd be like, dude, not yet, dude. You suck. You yeah. know, but you actually doing really good. I, I really appreciate because like I remember I was. <laughs> When I saw you were with 864, and I was like, okay, so he's actually going to be in town. And I was like, man, this is actually, and I know how far you've come. I was like, this would be a perfect interview. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's between, there was three people that I just, that I was almost like dead set. I was like, I have to have these people on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Cody Freeland, you, and then Brian Harper. And I'm still working on getting Brian Harper in. He's a very busy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, you know, with you coming up from about the same you know, just starting out from scratch and then now getting to where you are, it was one of those things that, to me, I was like, man, if if nothing else, there's something that I can learn in here that I can take with me to help my brand grow. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I'm super happy to have you on. And now one thing I do want to ask to you is how do you, because you're, you're an MMA fan, you yeah. love fighting, uh, you love combat sports, how, how difficult is it to almost detach yourself from your fanboy, like your inner fanboy, mm-hmm. and be... 100% professional and objective. Uh, well, it, it takes it takes more than one try. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because first thing, fan kicks in first. Like, oh my God, I can't believe. You know, that's my first mental response. And then I have I have a responsibility to my fans. Mm-hmm. And that's what I clock in. When my clock, when the, men, the mentality of clocking in, it goes time to go to work. So I, that allows me to detach myself from my my fan all about what I like yeah. conversation go, goes away and is what do I want fans to know about what I'm going to talk about the good and bad. Like if I talk about, you know, you know, you know, Conor McGregor versus, you know, Nate Diaz, you know, what, where I want this conversation to go and why should anybody even listen to it? You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not, 
you know, if I say a coach he rants, I'm, I'm ranting because I'm frustrated about the support I love not going in the direction I thought it should go. Why should it not go this direction? Like the difference between sports entertainment, like a WWE, and and then the purity of the sport. Like since we come from wrestling, it's the purity of the sport. Mm-hmm. So if we would have seen some kind of gimmicks get thrown into 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 re- to real wrestling, we would throw a fit. Yeah. Go, that does not belong there. And we would fight it tooth and nail because we want the purity of the sport to maintain. But wrestling is struggling in the public eye because there's no entertainment. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's struggling with funding. You know, you you hear about colleges dropping wrestling. They were almost ready to drop it out of the Olympics. You know, when you hear all these things and you know the the history of wrestling, you would never think that it would ever get dropped. But now we we have to fight to keep it alive. So you see see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think because that was my... uh... You know, we we fanboy out on the Cerebrus Wrestling Podcast every now and then just to keep things fun. Yeah. And a lot of people do like that. They like it that we're very genuine about it. We mm-hmm. It shows our actual excitement. Everything's one take. We don't yeah. ever two take anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with this year, I you know, I'll, like my last podcast with one of my best friends, Shaquan Hurd, um, we, were, we were talking about this recent NCAA tournament and saying how if you've never watched wrestling and are you're new to the sport, this should have been enough to sell you because you had enough storylines. You had, you know, you had the David versus Goliath mm-hmm. per se. Like even though uh, Kyle Snyder's not really a David, he's he's just he's a smaller guy. He's yeah. a smaller heavyweight. He's f- about five ten, five eleven, wrestling against a guy who's about a half a foot taller than him mm-hmm. and got fifty pounds on him. Mm-hmm. That would be like, and I've made this comparison. It's like Spencer Lee, who's a true freshman, which was another story yeah. that everyone loved. Uh, wrestling is a Valencia. Who is the 174 pound champion? Mm-hmm. Who has about a half a foot and about 50 pounds on him? Mm-hmm. And if that's if if you're not invested in those true freshman wrestling, and you're not invested in you know that crazy you know rubber match between Adam Kuhn and Kyle Snyder, if you were to watch that and you would have loved it. I mean, it's it's everything that the sport needed. And I was actually really um, let down by ESPN. ESPN mm-hmm. in the past few years has has it has carried the finals they put it on um the official espn you know channel and then this year they put top ranked boxing on and put us on espn too mm-hmm. and top ranked boxing i think had three fights that night yeah so i actually was really upset about it and we did the podcast today earlier today before i even came to those weigh-ins so i was actually grinding before the weigh-ins i've mm-hmm. been i matter of fact i'm gonna have to need to eat after this one because <laughs> i hadn't been able to today and um yeah, and that's it was one thing that I I I wanted to take a step back on because I could have made a emotive response and mm-hmm. I could have just laid into ESPN mm-hmm. and there was a lot of things I wanted to say but I just all I all I wanted to say is ESPN dropped the ball yeah that's all I wanted to get out there and you know as far as characters go the one thing I do love about MMA is you do have characters you've yeah. got people like John Sweeney around mm-hmm. here you've got um you know John Sweeney I don't want to say uh, let's see, for instance, I don't want to say Nathan Williams is a character per se, because, you know, he's very, he's very humble mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's, he knows what he can do out there. Yeah. Um, but you look at people, uh, Tony Rogers, I, whew, I about forgot about Tony Rogers. <laughs> How did I forget about him? But, uh, you got people like Chael Sonnen yeah. and all them. Mm-hmm. Do you, now I, I've asked people about this. Are you worried about you know, the sports entertainment aspect coming into MMA or do you embrace it? Cause I think it's great. Well, I, I had to I had to just embrace it. Like I said, I'm I'm a purist. Yeah. You know, I like, you know, a fighter earning his way 
to the top spot. You know, mm-hmm. you know, fighting a number one contender because you've earned the right to be the number one contender. You 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 went through everybody to get there. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's my like I said, coming from wrestling, coming from from, from martial arts. You know, you know, you you're just not gonna give it to you. Nothing will be given to you. So that so, but then as I got into podcasting and my conversations, like me and your brother, Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, when you're getting into those conversations, you go, okay, where do I want this conversation to go? You know, and what it's about. And then a lot of fans who who are diehard with me, he goes he goes, damn, we just like it. It's, it's entertaining to us. And you, when you hear it more than a couple of times, they go, okay, that's their viewpoint. You know, it's, it's not my job to change their viewpoint. It's to, it's to embrace it and work within what they like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, if you, you, if you force somebody out of their, out of what they like, then, then they're never going to talk to you again. Cause you're exactly. taking them, taking them away. So I had to embrace entertainment and have two folds to it. So I have my, I'm gonna have my, my entertainment conversation, but then I'm gonna have my peers conversation. So it'd be two conversations. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, um, and then I, I actually experienced some of that with the whole Mayweather McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you were making a lot of posts about that, and I, I was a McGregor diehard, and I still am. But and I, I was willing to accept everyone's criticism of Conor. Mm-hmm. And there was one thing he said that, you know, we did disagree with it on, and I, I never like I I wanted to understand your viewpoint from it. And I was trying to, and I think it was, um, and not to make things uncomfortable here, but we are, you know, me and you are different. We, you know, I'm white, you're black. Yeah. And Connor said something that to me I felt was, you know, nothing. I thought he was just making a funny joke. And mm-hmm. then you had some, then, but you did not like it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had, to, I wanted to try to, I really was curious. I was, I was trying to take my objectivity from Connor away and be like, you know, I'm sorry, why, you know, why did you not like that? And, and you were, I mean, you were pretty, I mean, I'm sure you were probably mad at me, but what the hell is wrong with this kid? But at the same time, you seemed like you were, um, you know, more than willing to explain. And mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was happy about that because I remember you made a video about it and I was like, okay, I, I see where he's coming from now. And, you know, personally, I, I, like I said, to me, I didn't see anything that was wrong with it. And mm-hmm. then, but that's the thing, you, you did see something different than I did. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I was like, man, I. You know, we're still cool. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not just because me and you disagreed about something. We, you know, you're here on my podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and I think if someone disagrees with you, you can't just block them. Yeah. Like, well, we're, well, the hardest part is willing to have a conversation. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because emotions, you know, kick in real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if we had a conversation and I, I made a joke about your mother. Yeah. You know, now you're, now you're personally invested in the conversation. Before it was mm-hmm. just matters of opinion. Absolutely. Now it's no longer that. Now your emotions are in, and your emotions don't go away just like that. You know what I'm saying? So you know, having conversations when I coach the rant, you know, or I'm or I'm going in, I'm still going in to get the to get the information out. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the drama with you know you know Obelis and all that kind of good stuff. Still, the objective was to get that to get the information out, mm-hmm. so so we all can have a conversation. You know, me, you know, I got thick skin. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I can take all the heat as long as you're willing to have the conversation. You know, Absolutely. so as long as you're willing to engage with me and we can go back and forth and then some truth can come out, then I've done my job. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So if I can't get you to talk, I failed. That's you the, know what I'm saying? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's that you failed. Um, I think it's a matter but, of... But in my objective, what yeah, yeah, my yeah. objective is to do. See, know? the thing is, I also think that you have to look at it from a... Um, now, this is kind of like a debate standpoint that people have. Um, so, f- for instance, like if you're arguing a point of science, like a lot of people, the flat earth and round earth people, for yeah. instance... Mm-hmm. Um, the hard thing is, is 
and I, I try to do this with people, and I used to do it, you know, obviously with the Vanderford stuff, but now, now more so, like, I don't like having any, com- it's not that I don't like confrontation, mm. it's just, I'm so busy, I don't have time to be battling over Facebook or yeah. anything, so if there's ever someone who has a disagreement or disagrees with something, like, for instance, uh, this whole recent gun issue, uh, I talked a lot about it on Facebook, I'm not a political person, but I, it's guns are something that I am kind of passionate about, and mm. it, it's one of those things that I've always started out, it's like, I, I don't say it directly, but I, I give them the chance to go ahead and get this out there, mm-hmm. and pretty much all it is, it's like, what do I need, what do you need to see to, not only to change your mind, but for you to see um, that you're wrong, like, and not saying that I'm right either, but yeah. it's like, what what with, what piece of evidence do you need to see that, you know, would pretty much show that you, maybe your opinion is not right. And I think as a as a broadcaster, and like what you're doing, sometimes that you have to do that, you have to find out what exactly. So say if you say 864 is the greatest, um, 864 is the greatest fight company in the Southeast, and then someone says, no, we are. It's like, okay, well, what do you need to see to show that we are? Mm-hmm. Oh, good pay-per-view? Bam, here we go. We got this one in March 24th now. Mm-hmm. And it's from top down, it's solid. Mm-hmm. Where's your rebuttal? And, you know, if they can't, it's, it, it speaks volumes. So. Well, well, that's that's there's two parts of that. There is there is there is clearly no such thing as right and wrong anymore in it when it comes to social media and public. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, so there is there is really no such thing as you're right in what you're saying and I'm wrong in what I'm saying. You both can be right. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just perspectives of what you do. My my ability to talk in the podcast now because I had to, I had to learn how to have a conversation to the world to go okay. This is what I'm saying, and this is my opinion of why I'm saying it this way. And I have to get for instances. I have to do comparisons. I have to do so many different ways where people can go. It's like in our debate, you know, you go, okay, now I see where he's coming from. I had to say it in so many ways that you can grasp what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, my first time coming out, I may, I may not have got it right. You know what I'm saying? I may not have said the words that make you go, okay, I see what he's saying. Because, A, we're 25 years apart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so things that I, I had to walk through are been way removed from, from, from your life. You see, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I had to bring up enough instances you go, okay, I, now I see what you're saying. It may, it may have took three or four tries before we got there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's what you develop enough of an of a inside content list of things that you can go into to make people understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, luckily, I keep it to, to MMA most of the time because, A, that's my passion. I have a... I have a, I have a a history in it. I'm well versed in it to a certain degree, so I can have that conversation. Now, if I would have got, like, say, gotten guns, you know, from other than a military background, you know, you know, that's where my gun, you know, experience is going to end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can't go too deep on that. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I've been around guns for almost my entire life, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I grew up hunting, and so it's one thing that I don't see guns as like some people see it. I see it as a tool to get food in a freezer, yeah. you know, for winter and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and um. You know, and onto what you were talking about, you were, um, you know, saying getting points across and all that. A lot of people get married to their ideas yeah. and like what they say. It's confirmation bias, pretty much. So, they'll, they'll, they'll get something in their head and they're like, "This is right." Like mm-hmm. just like you said, they mm-hmm. they think this is right for sure. Everything mm-hmm. else is wrong, mm-hmm. and people need. So that's why I like this podcast. I love about it because I want to get people on who are going to make me think. And if I'm wrong about something, they can tell me. Be like, mm-hmm. "Look, no, um, that's not true." Uh, this is why it's not true, and I'm I'm open to hearing things mm-hmm. because I feel if you know if my if I'm open to listening, I'm open to learning, and the mm-hmm. more I learn, the more I know. Mm-hmm. 
and um, which I don't think you ever should be done learning. You know, I'm not even, I want to go back to college, but even when I was in college, outside of college, I was still, you know, studying different things. Like I was reading different books and trying to grasp everything from so many different aspects. Mm. And, you know, so that's why nowadays I really try to be as open to people's, you know, viewpoints as I possibly can. Mm. And, you know, that's why a lot of people, when they were hating on 864, I was like, yeah, but you, why are we, we're hearing your side. Let's, we're not seeing 864 side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because people just wouldn't give you all the chance to rebuttal it without saying, oh, you're, you're padding stats or you're, you're doing this. And it's like, let them, let them talk. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I said, if you, if you heard my, um, my last podcast, like I, my last podcast was, was about our fighters ready to fight in the UFC, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the highest level, our local fighters, you know, ready for the, for the big, big show. You know, and I was going to have that podcast a while back, but I didn't have real inside information until recently yeah. working for Exodus 4. So now I'm behind the scenes seeing what it is to, 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 to deal with fighters and contracts and travel and hotel and venues and, you know, all the things, injuries and mistakes, all these things that go along with it. It gives you a whole different per perspective on what it takes to keep a promotion going. You know what I'm saying? So now I can give a little bit more respect to Dave Alvarez. I can give a little more respect to, uh, you know, to, to let's because now I see it. So before it was just me, coach Dean, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Is. You know, you know, now I was, I was part of the problem, but now I have to be part of the solution. Yeah. So I don't have the luxury to just keep it one sided and, and go in at people. I got to go ahead and go, okay, I'm, I'm part of this too. You know, how do I fix it? You know what I'm saying? How do I get it to go to the next level? You know? Yeah, I mean, and I really do feel like 864, they are, they're just trying to put on the best shows that they possibly can. And Mm -hmm. I think no matter what, whether you agree or disagree with the fights they make, you have to, even from another promoter standpoint, I feel like they have to respect that. Like, it's not something that we should monopolize. You know, variety is a good thing. Mm -hmm. We can go outside right now. If I were to open this window, uh, we look down... You know, down the street, you're gonna see a Burger King. Mm-hmm. Side that you might see a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Side that you might see a Wendy's. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna want to eat McDonald's every day. Mm-hmm. You got two other options. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, sometimes someone might put on a shit show. Yeah, and you're like, hey, I don't want to watch them this week. Let me turn to this one. And I think that's why, instead of, instead of drama per se, like instead of everyone attacking different promotions, mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like, and this is my inner pro wrestling, like pro wrestling thing. It's yeah. back in the seventies, you had the territories. Yeah. They would trade wrestlers with each other. Andre, the giant, they'd be like, Andre, we need you to go to, you know, let's say we need you in New York. Um, the promoter would be like, I need him for two weeks. You know, what do you need? And they'd be like, Oh, uh, send me these two guys for about four weeks. And then mm-hmm. I'll wrap them up. I'll send them back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we need around here in the Southeast because MMA is still, it's growing around here. We have a lot of fighters who need more recognition, mm-hmm. um, like the Nathan Williams, like the John Sweeney. The Scoggins have already been known. Like, they made their uh, name. Um, you know, the Kenny Porters, Anthony Catzanos, Tanner, um, Tanner Saracenos, Cody Durdens, uh, Giovanni Hyde, Michael Waite. Like, all these guys, they've got the skill, and it's – you know, all this drama, like, if, if instead of having so much drama, everyone just worked together, and mm-hmm. I know that's a very, like, you know, liberal, millennial type thing to say, but in reality, all it does is benefit everybody. 
it benefits everybody. It gives you the best shows. Everyone starts looking like Dana's like, damn, instead of sitting here on the West Coast, let me go to South Carolina. They're they're doing it right. And, you know, that's that's okay. just what I think. Okay, now we're going switch to switch around. Now, I'm going to be the podcaster to you. Awesome. I'm going to awesome. take what, what you just said. Now, yeah. I'm going to switch it around. Okay? So, yeah, you know, you would, you would want everybody to work together. Absolutely. Okay? But like I said, even though we're 25 years of MMA – in you know you know in the states and a, a, abroad, how do you get people to go? I want to see that fighter without something they can engage in. Once again, MMA was birthed on TV. We didn't we didn't have amateur ranks going like we didn't go from high school to college, from college to the pros. We didn't have that. We it went immediately on TV, and it was a whole bunch of gimmicks. So we were born with the gimmick. So without some type of entertainment, it blurs together. So even though we got the Scoggins and we got Cody, we got all these great fighters, to an average fan, it looks the same. So without some kind of entertainment flair that makes this person different than this person until they get in the cage and you can say how well they fight, people won't chime in. So as, as long as I've been doing Coach D, I started out just informational. Just go, hey, I think this is going to be great. I'm going to get... You know, no likes, no shares, no nothing. The first time I got into it with somebody over over a topic or an issue, then likes, shares. Did you hear what that guy said? Like and share. With our drama situation, even though it was a whole bunch of drama and a whole bunch of name calling and a whole bunch of pointing fingers and a whole bunch of all this, it trended through the roof. Why? It did. It was drama. It was engaging. It was, oh my gods. And... So many people inbox me and you go, Coach, have you lost your mind? You know, it was all that. But one thing everybody did was chime in. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I remember, um, I'm a member of the NFC community on on Facebook, and I, I remember seeing, like, they would post things, and they were almost kind of, at first they were very backhanded. Like, they would not say anything directly. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I think you responded back, and it was, it was all out warfare. I was like, what just happened here, guys? I was like, we just... So I saw one post of you saying, hey, is this a fair fight? And the next thing you know, you're calling Darren E. I like, you're calling him out on this NFC post. And, you know, everyone's bashing everyone. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I tuned into some of it. I was like, man, I got I to gotta, I want to see this. You know, I'm not saying that... I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human. I like drama. I see where yeah. you're coming from now, and I see what you say. So, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, you do need that little entertainment flair. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's just finding that, that balance. Because is. I'm a purist at heart. Mm-hmm. I want the sport to be higher than entertainment. You know, I want people yeah. to go, just like I love for wrestling. You know what I'm saying? We love the sport of wrestling. We, and we never had a gimmick. We never had no kind of bells and whistles. It was just that man laces laces up his shoes and he gets on that mat and he fights. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's all we ever loved. We didn't we didn't have to worry about, you know, personalities and nicknames and all that kind of good stuff. So that's at the heart that's yeah. what we want. But we're in we're in twenty eighteen. We are competing with thousands of other entertaining shows out there. Yeah. You know, so what's gonna make a fan watch A six four fighting championships or the next episode of Empire? You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's what we're up against. It's that you now, know? and I and I think you're 
and I like what you do. You know, you, you talk about you like to um, sometimes you do like to stir the pot. You've said that, mm-hmm. and I think that that does kind of bring that entertainment because I can't count how many times I'll watch a UFC weigh in and they start shoving, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh damn, I got to watch this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is the fight I want to see. I don't care about anything else. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I see where you're coming from with that now, and uh, I think that. Oh, I want to cut you off. Okay, go ahead. But think think about today's weigh-ins. Tell me that wasn't gold. Yeah. Tell me that wasn't exciting. When was a weigh-in? As exciting as you can remember, as long as you've been watching fight. So when was a weigh in that exciting? <laughs> Hardyville about 2016. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the reason I say that it's because um, it involved Nathan Williams. Yeah. Uh, he his friend was fighting that night. He's fighting Robbie Collum, mm-hmm. and um, they ended up getting into not not Nate, but like there was a bunch of drama between the two fighters, mm-hmm. and um, Nate was there, and then. Nate called out his brother or something like that, and it, it, the families got involved. And I'm, yeah. and I'm sitting at this lowly little table with my, uh, with uh, you know, with like my friend Usher and like you know Paul T was there. Um, he was sitting there with us, and like I'm just sitting here minding my business, and I'm like, mm-hmm. a riot might break out in this yeah. little seafood restaurant. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you're right. This these weigh-ins were good. That that's actually why I only got three interviews done tonight because I was so invested. <laughs> yeah. in it. I was like, man, I gotta. <laughs> I was like, I gotta watch these guys, yeah. like, especially with John when John Sweeney came out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I came out, I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> I I'll talk to you later. Let me record this, and I, I have to see this. Mm-hmm. And um, and think about this. I don't know if you if you heard. Remember remember um, Doug Usher and, and the Jamie Pickett interviews, and yeah, they're yeah, back yeah. and forth, and, and their beefs and their wars. You know, like I said, when they came on the podcast, and and and, and Pickett went off on you know on, on Doug. Look look how crazy that went when i had to come back and you know and, and give them the business you know and how about um tomorrow washington and, and a train mm-hmm. you know look how that trended yeah. you see what i'm saying so that, so so you got to have a degree of why watch yeah it's a, you it's know a storytelling aspect yeah it's, and, and there you go yeah. it, it, that's exactly it it is a story if you can't deliver the story to the average fan then you're not you're not going to engage when they got when they live for stories you know, yeah. every show on TV is about some kind of story. Even a zombie movie has some kind of story somewhere yeah. in it. You know what I'm saying? So there's like um, that's like when you did the Hot 98.1 interview and you had Cody Turden and John Sweeney in there, and I was like, I was, I was watching that, and I was like, and the objective part of my mind was like, no, oh, that'd actually be a really cool fight to watch. And then the fan part of me was watching them jawing at it, and I'm like, this will be a great. <laughs> this is the fight to watch, yeah. and um, I'm hoping that happens. There's there's actually a few John Sweeney fights I would really love for to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see, you know, him and Cody, and I think a cool matchup would be him and Kenny Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two I'd like to see from John. Um, I, I'd like to see Tanner. You know, Tanner. I could think of a few people I'd like him to fight. Um, you know, I think him and Cody Wilson would be a great fight. I don't yeah. know if they would because they are friends, mm-hmm. um, which is one hundred percent okay. I mean, that's. That I think that would be an interesting fight. Uh, one that I would love to see would be. Um, I don't. I don't know if he's a part of eight six four or not, but I'd love to see Mo Webb come in. Yeah. Uh, Mo Webb, I think, is a fighter that's. I don't want to say he's under. He's not underrated. Everyone knows who he is, but I think there's a lot of good matchups that he yeah. could have with some eight six four guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Well, like that, you know, and. Here's here's where being a podcaster comes really into play. You know, you have to be willing to have the conversation. Yeah. So now that we're talking about fights, mm-hmm. okay, let's 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 clear it up. Let's do it. It's not that we don't want to have the fight. 
yeah. is to get the fight to happen. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, like if you always hear me say, you know, 864 only wants the best fights. We want the fights. Because like I said, at the end of the day, it's a business. It is. Okay? Yeah. So from a fighter side, which I'm, I'm blessed enough to be on so many sides of this game. You know, I was a coach. So negotiating fights and talking about where fighters at, where their headspace is at. Are they ready to fight this guy or that guy? All these things, I, I understand it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now from the promotion side to go, okay, the show must go on and we got to sell it, you know? So if you have a fighter who's unwilling to fight somebody in his weight class that's just just a, uh, just so much of a star as him that's going to do its job in the cage and they say, we don't want to fight each other mm-hmm. from a business side, what are we supposed to do with that? But yeah, yet, I mean, but, you, but yet you want us to give you yeah. shine. You want us to give you you know, what you want, but yet you're unwilling to give us what we want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So without without both parties being happy, then it, it, it doesn't work. Because then, you know, we're going to be like, okay, why? You know, like I said, now, now, mm-hmm. now that you're a podcaster, you have to answer, you have to ask and answer these questions. Why, why should we take you as a fighter when you're not willing to give us what we need to make this fight yeah. successful? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're you know? saying. So if we give you, if we give you, uh, say a 500 fighter or somebody who doesn't have any name recognition, you know what I'm saying? You know, but you want to fight this guy. What is what, what is in it for us? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we got to pay you too. No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So these are the questions I now have to weigh in my in my emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I I love Javine High to death, but if I know he's going to he wants a fight that does nothing for 864. I'm like, not only no, but hell no. And now I'm mad at you for thinking it. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, at the end of the day, I have to sell you yeah. and that guy. You, you, sometimes you can't do it. Like, so you mean, I'm a hype guy. What is my title other than podcaster? I'm the hype guy, which means I have to sell it. But I have integrity. And I have, you know, you hear me rant and talk a whole bunch of noise. I care about what I'm doing. I want to be. I want people to look at me and respect what I'm doing. Not go, oh, Darren, all he does is talk shit and, and put on shitty fights. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't want that. Yeah. I want to be the guy, yeah, he talks shit, but he puts on great fights. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, that's and, that's, and that's tricky. That's tricky. And, and it is very tricky. And, you know, I, I'm i not one to sit there. You know, all those guys I listed also in the fights I'd like to see, I like them all. I'm not, there's no ill will. Yeah. You know, I mean... Tanner's a super nice guy, mm-hmm. super nice guy, great fighter. It's just the fan part of me is like, you know, this this would be great, but the only thing is is if you do it all at one time, yeah, then it's like, okay, where do you go from there? Now you have to do something to top that, and then you can't. So I, I see where it's like you kind of, it, it's going to be a little weird here, but uh, it's kind of like you, you give them the tip, you don't give them the whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, here's that, <laughs> and it's like, I, I'll leave you guessing what's next. And um, Well, see, I, I hear you on that. But it's also twofold. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 use the UFC as an example. Okay. Um, they're they're very top heavy. You know, very they only heavy. got a handful of stars that they're banking their t- almost their the eighty twenty rule. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting eighty percent of their pay off twenty percent of the fighters. You see, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if if half that roster refuses to fight or get injured or can't fight, blah blah blah, then the rest of your people that you haven't put that that much energy in can't sell what you need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's our job as a promotion to get more fighters to step up and be great. You know, which me, as as a hype guy, I'm trying to get as many fighters to run their mouth so people can have a chance to see who they are as possible. 
So I'm going to go, you think you can beat him? <laughs> yeah, why? You know what I'm saying? So at least he'll say something that a, a casual fan and go, oh, man, I might want to see that. Yeah. You see? But if they're silent, it, uh, it's all on me. I have to give it, them everything. You see, I, at the end of the day, I'm so tired of being Coach D. Not that what I'm doing is that the energy I put into being yeah. Coach D. So at the end of the day of me doing interviews and hyping and talking that noise, A, my voice has is, 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 is been wore out, and I'm exhausted from giving away energy mm-hmm. to what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it's, it's not only – it's kind of mentally exhausting yeah. per se. Like So – you know, sitting in front of a microphone and talking for two hours, people are like, oh, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I do that on a daily basis. It's like, well, you don't really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can sit here, like I've had, and, and you mentioned it earlier, and I'm, we're not going to, I don't want to throw any names out, but sometimes you have to force the conversations out of people. Yeah. And people don't, that's mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. Like I had, um, you know, there's been, so for instance, I had a podcast the other night and sadly enough, it was two hours. Awesome. Great guys and something happened with the audio, that stressed me out so much. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that stressed me out is that there was a lot of noise, too. Like, it yeah. was just a bunch of talking over each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of those th- And I was kind of like, oh, man, is this episode going to be good? I was worrying about that. And I uploaded it, and then I, was, I started listening to it. And um, it sounded like two robots fucking is what it sounded <laughs> like. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I've had this up. I didn't catch this. Yeah. And... Yeah, so I, I I completely feel for you. Like I see how hard you work, and you're out of Columbia, and eight six four is based out of Bowling Spring, South Carolina, and I'm like, my God, I don't understand how he gets all this done, you know, on time to hype these fights. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you must be working like twenty eight hours a day, even though there's only twenty four. I'm like, man, he must be like got a time machine or something. Listen, when I tell you the grind is real, yeah, this is. I mean, I am wearing my laptop. Out. You know what I'm saying? Because then here's the thing we don't even talk about. Now you told me after this, after this, you know, podcast, you got to process it and edit it. You know, mm-hmm. you can only go as fast as your computer will go. Absolutely. And you can only only upload as fast as your upload speed is. These are things that people, you know, who's who's waiting on your next tidbit of information can't even fathom. So think we have we have a full show. I'm gonna have. At least seven or eight interviews, and it, all the pictures I took, and everybody in the crowd, and I still got to write articles, you know, you know, what I'm saying, and look, look for my next podcast, who I'm engaging with first, you know, what's the next story, who's doing what, still check on social media, still follow my UFC, you know, yeah. so take all that in a day, and still get that content developed and pushed out, you know, what I'm saying, so that's why I talk shit. Yeah, it's because you you put you know in the work, you do put in that work, and regardless of people agreeing or disagree, disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I think if they look at it objectively, they will realize, like, well, you know, I might not agree with what he says all the time, but damn, does he work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I want to kind of transition to a topic here. Okay. Um, you, you, you've, we've mentioned the UFC on here a couple times already. Um, everyone obviously knows what the UFC is. My biggest problem with the UFC right now, and not that my opinion means anything to them, but I think they're so oversaturated with fighters. Um, you, you look at some of these undercards, I mean, and they're putting on shows every month, two yeah. shows every month, just mm-hmm. about, you've got a uh, fight night and then you've always got the main, uh, you've got a card that's, you know, pay-per-view card. The only problem is, is you've got so, I think they got so many fighters that I, I'll be honest, I don't think UFC's the top, or I don't want to say the top place, but I don't think UFC's the way to go anymore. For instance, Jared Brooks 
Jared Brooks has been in the UFC uh, for about a year now, mm-hmm. and he's got a fight coming up in June or July. So this will make it a second fight. Someone at the level of Jared Brooks, if he would have went to Bellator mm-hmm. or something, where one he also has sponsors. Yeah, you have your own sponsors. Um, Bellator to me is kind of what what reminds me of you guys is. And I, I'll be honest, I'm the first to say it, and I'm wrong now. I actually am a fan of Bellator. I used to hate Bellator. Mm-hmm. I felt that they fixed fights, yeah. uh, the big fights, like the Ken Shamrock and Gracie fight, Ken Shamrock Kimbo, Kimbo Dada, mm-hmm. uh, T- Tito Ortiz and Chael Sonnen. I think all those fights were fixed. I still yeah. think that, and I don't think anyone's going to change my mind on that because mm-hmm. from what I've seen. But they always had me tuning in. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, they, they do, it's like you're talking about, they're adding that just enough little bit of flair mm-hmm. and they're like man i want to see this one fight you watch that card and then you look at guys like aaron pico who used to be a wrestler yeah. and comes in there and knocks someone out with a body shot in less than a minute and you're like hmm mm-hmm. I mean, this might be somebody to turn in so i it's a controversial statement but i just don't think ufc is the top dog anymore um they're not they're, they're still the top dog they're still yeah. they're still the go-to if you ask people you know, where do you watch your MMA? Where you getting your information from? It's it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be UFC. But I don't think they have too many fighters. I don't think they have... They don't, they don't have developed fighters. Which means we still have to look at the landscape of what people tune into. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're only tuning into a handful of fighters. Because, A, they're stars. They're entertaining. They got the following. They got the backing. They got the fan base. So... It's easily to repeat those stories. Think. Conor McGregor says, I tied my shoes today. It goes viral. Everybody's going to talk about it. Everybody's going to chime in. About it. Everybody's going to keep the story going to everywhere. And you'll have people you know who uh, who are for it. And then people are like, he still wears shoelaces? Like, come on yeah. now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the story keeps going. So, but the UFC is not willing to spend the time to develop other fighters so they can come up, you know, so, so their character, who they are, can shine through. Mm-hmm. You know, look at, look at how... How the UFC does their does their 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 business model when they're doing all their you know like you know roads you know roads to UFC you know all that kind of good stuff you know they do the the family friendly story first of this fighter he loves his kids he takes care of his family and then he gets in the cage and fights that's the family feel business model that they're going with as far as entertainment going then you get into the cage and you it's a blood match you know what I'm saying yeah so the majority of our market that people chime into is still family friendly you know and we're still a blood sport so they have to be careful on what stories they paint because you're still appealing to a fan friendly market we have our diehards like me and you are diehards yes we want to see people kill each other if we can we'd be like oh man he got hurt bad wow you'll feel bad but in the meantime you're loving it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so you've so, actually but, said the exact same thing i said on a previous podcast it's like i I look at these people and I'm like, man, that's a human brain inside their skull getting rattled around. Mm-hmm. But then I see that blood and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like that Roman, that uh, emperor in Rome. I'm like, does he live or die? Let yeah. me choose. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah. So you're 100% spot mm-hmm. on. So, but the the market who spends money is your mom, your dad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do you appeal to them? They, they they may be in tune because of you. You go, you go, dad. Can you pay pay for me? Say say you didn't have a job. Say you were 18. You know, yeah. our demographic is what 18 to. 1835, 18 to 40, you know what I'm saying, around there. So say you don't have a job and you want to watch the UFC at the house. You ask your dad, dad, can you, can you, can you buy a pay-per-view? And he has to love you enough and care about you enough to buy it for you. <laughs> you know, and, and some maybe get into a little bit just enough to see what you're into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But outside of that, 
the market is still struggling to get more of a, a supportive base. You know, think we only have a handful of sponsors that sponsor the UFC. Yeah, you've got you know Reebok, Monster. Yeah. Um, I think Timberland has just recently came on with them. Mm-hmm. And um, Modelo. Yeah, Modelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've got Stipe now, which Stipe, you talk about a family-friendly type person. My goodness, this man is the blue-collar type guy. He's a fireman during the day, mm-hmm. and then he's a heavyweight champ by night. Yeah, he's the poster child for blue-collar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's like, like said, the Dusty Rhodes of the UFC. You know, but think about this. Okay. When have you seen anybody roll out like what they're doing for Stipe before? To where you see him on so many commercials selling so many products, doing so many things. You didn't you didn't see it. You know what I'm saying? But he fits the blue collar mold so well, it's almost a no brainer well, not to do it. I haven't the really American seen the American dream is him, the firefighter, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He laces his boots up like the average guy. You know what I'm saying? You can't get no better for appealing to the American yeah. market. Well, see, that's you know. the thing. It's you don't really see him advertise that much, though. I mean, for instance, he's spons- uh, He's in that Modelo commercial, and that's about it. Also, he's no. fighting DC, and I see. I see him in a John Deere commercial. Oh, you, you saw him in a yeah. John Deere commercial. Okay, okay. I did. I hadn't seen it then, so yeah, I stand corrected. Um, the other thing is, they, you know, you looked at the, you, you know, Steep DC are going to be fighting soon. Mm-hmm. Now, I could be wrong here, but I feel like that should have much more hype than what it does. Um, now, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that people wanted to see John Jones versus Stipe, mm-hmm. and we're not going to see that. Um, but, you know, Stipe, and, and it's the same with Demetrius Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's just you, the the amount of people who want that character out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you, Chael Sonnen has such a huge following. Yeah. He's a character, mm-hmm. and he even admits it. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor, whether you know, yeah, he may be genuine, but he's a character. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jones is a character. Uh, you know, and the list goes on. Joanna Champion, uh, GSP to an extent, Michael Bisping. Uh, all these guys are characters, and they're the ones who are, you know, people are seeing, and they're the ones who are starting to hog that spotlight, and mm-hmm. it's almost like we've gone by the wayside. It's like we want the entertainment factor now mm-hmm. instead of the the technical aspect. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, when's the last, I think, I don't think Demetrius Johnson has ever headlined a pay-per-view, has he? I mean, yeah, on, um, he was, on free TV. Yeah, he yeah, has on free TV. No, I do know that, owned. but I meant like an actual pay-per-view pay-per-view. No. Um, I think he was supposed to with Ray Borg, and then that Ray Borg got sick, and they mm. they put it to the co-main. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, why, and, and it is that entertainment aspect, but I, I mean, I agree. I think that, especially for casual fans and all that, um, as much as casual fans are annoying and they don't know their MMA, and it kind of gets, like, you go to the bars and all that, and like, say, I watch that Buffalo Wild Wings, and the amount mm-hmm. of... Um, people wearing their affliction shirts, being like, "Oh, that shit would never work on me." It's it's astonishing, um, and those fans are annoying. But you look at people who, you know, if you want to have a, if you want to bring in a whole new audience, and the one fight that sold me on the UFC, and I think would sell everyone else on the UFC, UFC came from two people at the time who were not trash talkers. Mm-hmm. It was Stephen Bonner and uh, Rich, um, Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin, uh, Ultimate Fighter finale, and they beat the dog shit out of each other. And ever since then, I was in love, and did not. I was not invested in the storyline. I was like, "Wow, these are two guys going at it." And I think if you show anyone who's never watched MMA, if you showed them that, mm-hmm. they would be a fan. And so I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Well, the only reason that that Stephen Bonner, you know, and and was name wasn't able to trash talk 
Because that wasn't the platform they were going for. Oh, no, you know, no, At no, that no. time, they were still going, hey, we need this to be a sport. We need to have rules. We need to have regulations. We need to have guidelines. Because they were going for the sports factor first. Mm-hmm. So they can get sponsors to chime in because it's a sport. Yeah, but they you still sold people without having to speak, too. Yeah. But like I said, they wouldn't... I guarantee Dana White would have won in Chicago. They knew that, w- that would have been the way to go. Oh, so once 100%. he realizes that was the way to go, then that became the platform. Yeah. When I used to go in on Dana White, it's because why is he letting Conor McGregor do something that other fighters can't do? Like, he used to go in on, and take everything about everybody that another fighter can do. Look at, look at Nick Diaz. When he was doing it, he got crucified. He got blackballed. He got all this kind of good stuff. But then Conor McGregor was able to do it, and it was okay. So, so when you had that, with those conflicting guidelines, mm-hmm. why is it okay for one and not the other? Uh, I think it's because the money that one was bringing in versus the other. Like Conor McGregor brings in millions on pay-per-views, whereas you know, even though I think nowadays, if you were to put Nick Diaz on a pay- Nick or Nate Diaz on a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. their stock has risen so much more. Way up. A lot of that's yeah. because mm-hmm. everyone everyone's seen their gimmick now. Which, speaking of the Diaz brothers, my brother said it. Have you ever looked at Ryan Hollis and thought like, damn, he looks like a long lost Diaz brother? <laughs> hey, he. He has that kind of appeal. He's kind he of does. Aloof, you know. Like I look he, at him and I'm like, ah, oh, this motherfucker's from Stockton. Yeah, I don't care what anyone yeah. says. He but. he 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 engages when you when you least expect it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's oh, he's talking. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I the reason I love interviewing is because I'm trying to get that personality to come out. Yeah. So you so you can may find something in that fight that you can like other than fight. Because right right now, if you put. NFC, Fight Lab, 864. And you just do shows out there to the casual fans who don't know one fight from the next. It all looks the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're struggling against. So without something to engage in that they can take an emotional interest in or they can laugh about or it's purity drama, we're still going to stagnate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I can relate this to um, personal training, you know, in the fitness industry. You know, um... Only 20% of the population work out, you know, and that number has been the same. Is it really only 20%? Over, only 20%. So, uh, so, I never knew that step, but I was going to say, man, that, I, I believe it. I 100% mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. That's shocking that it's that low. Mm-hmm. So, but when you go to Gold's Gym, it's packed. Yeah. Right? You go, oh my God, you know, fitness must be booming. No, it's the same 20% piling into one area. That's all it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. So to get that needle to go to 21% or 22%, there's got to be something that's new that wasn't done before. So every workout is just the same workout repackaged. You know what I'm saying? Strength and conditioning in the gym is now CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Strength and conditioning has been around forever, but now we put a name to it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you know? um, I, one thing that I think y'all could do uh, that would, I think, would bring in some new fans Give someone some spiked shoulder pads and have that LOD, you know, what a rush come out there. And uh, and then, you know, people are like, oh, what does someone come out? Face paint? You can't you can't have face paint in the MMA, guys. I know that. I've cornered people. You know, you that's against the rules. But I'm just saying it's something new. It's a joke. Mm. Don't take it too seriously. But, yeah, no. You know, and – but with the whole, like, you know, like you're saying, getting, getting something new out there is something that's not monotonous, something mm-hmm. that's like – I mean, yeah, we all – and like I said, I think the purest in me will look at a great fight and be like, everyone should love that. If you yeah. don't, you don't appreciate art. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. You do need the entertainment aspect. You mm-hmm. need the Conor McGregor's. You need that, you know, people, for normal people to be like, oh, I kind of want to 
like I, and I used that analogy earlier, it's the 1970s, 1980s Ric Flair mm-hmm. um, syndrome. It's kind of like, I wouldn't pay to get him, watch him get his ass kicked. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially with it being only like $15 to rent the, to get the pay-per-view, guys, I, it's not that expensive. Everyone should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's someone on that card, like say if you, which I don't see why you would if you've, if you've seen him fight. I don't see why you would disagree with John Sweeney. But if you want to see John Sweeney lose or you want to see him go in there and kick the shit out of uh, Keith Lee, I mean, yeah, you're still paying. You're investing in this business. Mm-hmm. Not only investment, you're investing in the fighters. Mm-hmm. So. And I get I get both sides on a regular. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, my, it's my job to find out what's trending and why is it, why is it trending. You know, you know, John Sweeney is trending both on both sides. So you got to, I want to see him win, and I want to see his ass get knocked out. Yeah. Almost equally. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and you know, that drama builds viewers. Like, for instance, uh, I think it was the 2014 or 15 Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. I was super stoked for it because it was Phil Heath versus Kai Green. That mm-hmm. was the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were chippy back and forth. They even got into it a little bit at the um, interview, and they got into it on stage a little yeah. bit. You know, they started nudging each other. Um People were invested in that. And matter mm-hmm. of fact, Kai Green, I don't know if you know this, he mentioned he wanted to come back to Olympia. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, Phil Heath, watch out. They're tagging Phil Heath now. Yeah. And it's, it, it, yeah, it's that drama that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you, you, you can say you hate drama all you want, but deep down, everyone loves drama. And welcome to Coach D. Yeah. You know Coach D fight camp. So like I said, <laughs> your, your, your next level of growth is going gonna, is gonna to decide when you want to branch out. Yeah. Cause like I say, I'll say one thing, you know, I'm very impressed about you. You are a very good conversationalist, oh, which is, which, which, is, which is not easy to carry on a conversation and to be meaningful and engaging is, is hard to do. Yeah. No, you probably, you probably didn't get the fact that I could talk through my uh, Facebook stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting it now. I go, okay, <laughs> hey, t- get it. Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, like um, I, I do love to talk and I yeah. love, and I love learning things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my natural curiosity. It's, mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like I said, it, the problem is they get married to ideas they're not willing to open up, and yeah. that's why, you know, that and that's why, I fingers crossed. I hope this thing gets big. It's just because it's a journey for me to learn. Yeah. You know, regardless, even if it's not MMA, mm-hmm. it could be something else. Like I want to get different people in here. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm gonna say this. You know, the, like I said, this is you know, I'm gonna say I'm, a, I'm not a veteran, but somebody who's been doing it long enough. Yeah. I'm gonna say this. You're 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 in your first phase of challenges, which means. You know, you lucky to pick. You picked a niche market that has a stable audience, that has a diehard audience. So you're, so you're, you're. I would say you're getting, you're getting the cream early, yeah. okay, which is great. You know what I'm saying? You know, so you can, you can, you can get traction quickly. It's when you, it's when you step out your comfort zone and take on new topics unfavorable, of yeah. you know, or when people come at you relentlessly and never, and and never stop. It's when you're going to test how good you are at what you do, how you bounce back, you know, where, how did you recover? Where did you recover from? What what did you say that get people to get on your side or, or, or say, okay, I hear you? You know, those are going to be your next challenges that's going to take you. Because like I said, right now, man, you're blowing me away with how good you're doing. You I know what I'm saying? That, so when, really you that, when you get to that when you get to that next level, I'm like, man, I might be out of a job. It's kind of good at this. <laughs> no, I, I won't get anyone out of a job. I'm one of those people I think uh, – <laughs> Competition breeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it breeds. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. Like I said, you man, you know, the only way to win it is to get in it. You know, bottom line. You know, what I'm saying, doing what you're doing right now 
you know, what, I mean, yeah, I don't know, it was nine, ten o'clock at night, whatever. Yeah, it's you almost know. eleven. Yeah, and like I said, and we're we're still at it. You know, what I'm saying when you're up at three in the morning, still editing and still, you know, finding the next topic, planning your next day, even though you know you're not going to make one penny off this, yeah. you know, or you only got like I said, there's times that were, you know, I went to Virginia with no money in my pocket, went up, did an interview, and knew I had to come right back because I couldn't afford a hotel, and you know, I had to drive six hours up, six hours mm-hmm. back. You know, what I'm saying it's being willing. To do that, just to give the fans, you know, what yeah, they need. Like, uh, you know being, what I'm saying? What you couldn't see it because I didn't. Ha- like I said, I'm still working on the video portion of this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't see when I interviewed Cody Freeland. Yeah. Um, we did it in a locker room mm-hmm. with a small table. We had um, pretty much like people. You know, he put a sign on the door that said, "You know, please do not enter." Obviously. Yeah. Um, we were recording, but it's it had sweaty equipment in there. Mm-hmm. It's a table, two little chairs, and that's where i did that you can look at it in the picture and it looks like a locker room but you don't we people don't realize how small that locker room was yeah. mm-hmm. that's why like when I, hopefully i get the uh, studio you know built up and going it, it part of me still likes this it, i like this grind yeah um and one thing that i'm shocked with you is um that you know when, when we started setting up i honestly was expecting to find like a power cable or something that you were going to plug up into the wall to recharge yourself. Cause you're like a machine. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I like to think I work hard. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, I, you know, I preached it on here. It's just, you're that next level of working hard. Like you really do work really hard. And you're talking about driving to Virginia and back. That's like what? Five hours. That was six, six hours. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's insane. Like I'm, I'm dreading the fact I'm going to WrestleMania and, um, I'm actually going to have some videos on my, on my, you know, my podcast and stuff like that, talking about the the thing, but mm-hmm. I've got to leave Atlanta at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Spartanburg. Atlanta's about a three hour drive. You're supposed to be at the airport about two, three hours ahead of time. So I'm going to be leaving Spartanburg about two a.m. Mm-hmm. and catching that flight, turning around, getting down there, and then going through all the festivities downtown mm-hmm. um, on Bourbon Street, and you know, getting all that ready, uh, going to watch the show, and then probably I'm probably going to record afterwards and let people know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, man. I I'm gonna have to take some trips, uh, take some tips on you about how how you stay awake. It like I said, it's it's it literally will be a switch because so because me and me and George, you know, Shire, we had to drive up to Connecticut to do the interview with with um with Justin Sumter. Mm-hmm. So we drove up to Connecticut, did the interview, then drove to Virginia, did another interview. I can't remember. No, 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 no. He wasn't. Justin Sumter was in. Who did we go see in Virginia? I'm sorry, my mind, my mind went blank. So we had to go to Connecticut, then Virginia, then back to Columbia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and we did that in, in 48 hours. You know, we, we went up in the daytime, did our interviews, drove to the next one, did the interviews, and came right back. So we, we, only, we only had, like, what, six hours of sleep? Turned right around and came right back. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's one of them things. It's like cutting weight. You know what I'm saying? You know, as a wrestler, you just got to suck it up. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know? I only had to cut weight once. Get out and, of here. Uh, yeah. I, um, okay, I, I, take, I, I take it back. T ain't worth a shit. Yeah. He only had to cut weight one time in the history of wrestling. Get the F out of yeah. here, man. It, well, I, I got lucky. So my uh, first year, I was very undersized. I was like I was like 95 pounds wrestling 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, I had a growth spurt. And um, I, that one, I was kind of... Okay, I wouldn't say I had to cut weight, but I had, did have to manage my weight my eighth grade year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my freshman year, I came in on varsity, and our 135 got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was recovering from shoulder surgery, didn't have his confidence back yet. So the coach was like, hey, I've got a spot for you to fill. Would you do it? I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, And I was a small 130. Like I was like, I was a small 128 pounder, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, 
he's like, hey, I need you here. Will you do it? And I was like, yeah, man, anything. Um, and so the only time I had to cut weight was I was gaining weight all year to make 135. And mm. then, you know, come we had a tournament midway through the season. He's like, hey, I'm going to put you at 130. And I was like, hmm. Or 128, and I was like, hmm, I wish I would have known that beforehand. Mm. I would have, I would have stopped eating. So, but I've had to cut weight before. Like I cut weight. I did a uh, when I did Muay Thai, uh, when I was training with that. Um, I stayed lean a lot because I wanted to get used to training being lean. Mm. And then we had a there was supposed to be a fight that was happening in Charlotte, and that was my first. Um, I wouldn't say my first weight cut because it technically wasn't, but it was my first like really hard where I was, like, gritting my teeth, and I was like, this is a life-or-death type weight cut for me. I was mm-hmm. like, I have to make this, and um, the fight got dropped. So, I mean, I, I've had to cut weight before. You know, I, I say only once, but I know what fighters go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's miserable. Oh, yeah. You know, and, oh. you know, I, I like I said earlier before with bodybuilding, it's miserable for those guys. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of pros, like, I remember my friend getting ready for a show, and I'm like, oh, man, how much, how many carbs can you take in today? And he's like, None. Yeah, and we're hitting legs. Yeah, and I'm like, you're taking, you're hitting yeah. legs with zero carbs in your body. Yeah. Are you crazy? Like, it's, yeah. I mean, so as a, I'm gonna transition another topic here. I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth. No, but, we're good, man. We're good. So we're good. we talked about your coach D kind of persona and all yeah. that to an extent, which is just, it's kind of, to me. I think it's you turned up to eleven. I would be willing <laughs> to bet. I feel like, I feel like Coach D is it's. It's really you, but when you turn the camera on, you amp it up. Would yeah, I be about yeah, right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's usually what they talk about in you know professional wrestling. So mm-hmm. are you were you ever a professional wrestling fan, or are you just no? Like, I was a huge, huge professional wrestling fan. Okay. You know what I'm saying you know I, I mean I, I grew up on it. You know what yeah. I'm saying because you know once again back in my the back of my day we only had a handful of TVs. You know you were raised mm-hmm. on cable. You know you had yeah. you know so we had like three or four channels. You had from, channel from, three and, watching Mid South. Exactly, and wrestling was one of the channels we were able to get when it was on TV. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, shoot, I was raised on it. You know, yeah. I, I guess when you, when you say, where where does my where does my persona come from? You know, I would probably have to say it comes from the Marine Corps. Marine Corps. You know, because... Um, I, I can see that. We, we, um, we, we, there was times that we had to just show up. When it kind of how you feel, no matter what was going on, you know. You know, you were dirty, tired, fatigued, drained, ready to pass out, and you had to act like nothing was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that being able to clock in, I, I think I transitioned into, you know, and then my, I really, I'm really mimicking my drill instructors. When you see me, come back, oh, this is Coach D, and I'm, you know, coming at you, I'm, I'm mimicking my drill instructors barking orders at me. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I project so much is I'm barking that, yeah. you know, projection at you. You know what I'm saying? So that. I can actually see that now. I, I never thought of it like that way. I always thought, I was like, man, I, deep down he probably is a wrestling fan. I'm glad I was right or I was going to look really stupid on here. But, um, no, I can actually see that because I used to work with a guy who did landscaping. He was mm-hmm. um, he was an Army veteran. Yeah. And, Jesus, you talk about a workhorse. Like, mm-hmm. this man, I remember he, I think he had surgery. He broke in his foot and he was in a walking boot. And we were working on a house and um, we had to go up on the roof for it. And I was like, oh, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm good. And he's up on a house on a steep roof mm-hmm. with a walking boot mm-hmm. like it's nothing. And I'm just like, man, this guy. And plus he had, at the time he was working another job, he was like, he was working as a technician for a big company. Like mm-hmm. a, He was like the head technician. Mm-hmm. So he was making a lot of money there working almost like 40, 50 hours a week there, turning around, coming home, and then had a business that was making almost 100000 a year doing landscaping, mm-hmm. getting about like... 
eight or nine houses done before dark, you mm-hmm. know, in a short period of time. And that's one thing that, you know, that veterans, to me, it's just, it's amazing that work ethic that gets instilled in them. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I never would have guessed that it came from your, your, you're reflecting your drill instructors. Well, I'll say, I'll say this, I'll be honest with you. You know, another reason why I, I wanted to do this podcast with you. Yeah. I basically want to see if you're any good. Oh, you know, I say I, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did to your your um your free I, I did watch a couple that you did. So I, I've seen I've seen what you did. But now we're doing this on the fly. You know, yeah. so you know we didn't have any questions. We didn't we didn't plan out anything. We're just gonna wing it. I want to see if you can wing it. A lot of this battle is gonna be on the fly, where you may have a fighter. He's right there. He's about to get in his car. And you ain't gonna see him again. So if you don't find something to say and something to do with a mic in your hand right then, right now, yeah. you, you're going to lose it. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, man, you, man you're, you're, you're carrying it well, man. You're carrying I appreciate it, well. it. Yeah, like that's one thing that I was I, – I'd like to think it. I was born with the gift of gab, not only just to have normal conversation, mm-hmm. but you know, people who work with me. And I, I try to tone it down when I'm around normal people because people yeah. will just be like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. But when I work with people, I, I'm one of those who are just – I'm very sarcastic. I'm very joking. I don't – I take things – I just roll off the back. Mm-hmm. I like people who, you know, give and take with me. So that's one thing Like I I haven't had to do it yet, obviously, because I'm still fairly new at this. But if mm-hmm. I were to ever get into like a, um, like an interviewer gig as far as like working for, uh, you know, a fight company and I had someone, for instance, like a Chael Sonnen, a Conor McGregor, a John mm-hmm. Sweeney or something on the mic and they kind of, you know, took a jab, mm-hmm. like just, you know, a jovial, like kind of like what Muhammad Ali and uh, Howard Cosell did. Yeah. It's, I wonder, it's like, man, would I be able to handle it on the spot like that? So, Well, yeah, well, I say this. You're good at, you know, controlling the conversation, which is which is a huge plus in the podcast game. Being able to lead the story, go, you, you're going it where you want to go, and you can you can basically control the mic. A lot of times people can, can lose control of the, the mic because they're, you know, they don't know how to keep, keep the flow going. You know, now, you know, think about this. You know, your style is very almost like informational you know what i'm saying you're you're saying hey you know this this, this this and this you know you're not very you know you, you're not very you know combative you know what i'm saying you know you don't you don't try to go at a person you know yeah. which is what the question i'm going to ask with that is how are you and your freaking brother so different you okay so <laughs> that's one thing that everyone's amazed with so when i got my first I worked at ruby tuesday and so did he uh-huh. uh, we both worked there he had a job before me he got me the job yeah and everyone, you know how my brother is. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone asked me, they're like, "How the fuck are you related? Y'all are nothing alike." <laughs> and everyone's always said that. And mm-hmm. you know, from because we've played similar sports together, and people, it, it, we're two completely different people. It's mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't answer that question because you know, even sometimes I look at it like there are a lot of things we have in common. Yeah, we both love MMA. We both love stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both love talking. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm more open. I feel he's more closed. Like yeah. he he gets his he he thinks what he thinks, and yeah, you're not changing that's it. that. Exactly. And but yeah, I, I wish I could answer that question yeah. for you. Now I will say this, you know, your brother your brother does not roll without you. Mm-hmm. He goes whenever when I I, was, I I actually was considering you know getting him the right for me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying you know a I want to see if he can do it without putting all the D in it. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. just be informational. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's see, actually, he's, he's not bad. That sounded kind you of sexual saying? a little bit. Putting the D in it. <laughs> D's going to put the D in the article. <laughs> but like I said, you know, he, you know, he's diehard. You know, is, yeah. the reason, the reason, the reason, you know, I will always go at D, but I like D, is because 
he's passionate. Yeah. You know, close, close minded or not, yeah. he has his opinion and he's going to ride so, or die with it to the ground. Yeah, you're 100% exactly saying what my friend Quasi, Shaquan heard. We, his nickname's Quasi. Mm. Um, what Quasi said on the, on the podcast with him is he'll do it to stir the pot. Mm. He, he loves, he, as much as him and my brother disagree on things mm. and they'll argue and they'll get in little debates on Facebook, there's that. There's the respect, and there is, like, even though they disagree, it's a friendship thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like arguing with him. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really is fun. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's one thing. He, he's passionate, and it comes from a good place. Yeah. He, he really loves MMA. I just think he he's too married to his ideas at times, and he almost thinks, you know, he has a problem with, you know, I think, I think sometimes he... He's he's always been naturally really good at a lot of things as far yeah. as like athletics. Um, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, looking at him now, you can't really tell per se, but he used to be very athletic, and um, it's very difficult for I think it's very difficult for him to think that he doesn't know everything. Yeah, I think he wants to think that he knows everything. And me, on the other hand, I've always had to bust my ass. I've never been naturally athletic at anything, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think when it comes to like conversations and all that, I'm I'm more willing to take more advice because it's. I realize, you know, from my past, it's like, I'm not good at something. I've never been, I've always joked that I'm, you know, I'm good at nothing, but mediocre at everything. Mm. And, you know, I, of course that's a joke. I, I I can also show my confidence, but I, I feel like I have mediocre knowledge. Mm. Some people will be like, oh, you're super intelligent. I'm like, mm, I'm really not. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's how you apply your knowledge. Yeah. You know, I'm saying like, so, you know, you know, all my friends back home, they look at me and go, what the F? How did Darren, Yeah. how did the guy I know from high school who all F for poor guy, you know, I flunked stuff because I thought flunking was cool. I mean, across the board, you know what I'm saying? I was great at sports, but I was flunking everything else. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, I wrote, I've written a book, you know, you I got, mm-hmm. what's it called? It's called, it's called, um. Starting over, learning to live in a healthy world created by you. It's on Amazon. Okay, I'll, I'll go look it up on yeah. Amazon. I'll so like just, reading, just, so. just type in Darren Eady, starting over, and it'll pop up. I'm actually gonna do that right now. So you know, and then I, you know, when 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 people go, hold it, Darren, Darren wrote a book. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I've I've done my craft long enough, and I, you know, I sunk myself into my craft. So mm-hmm. I may not know a lot about everything else. But I know a lot. I'm not about what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I can talk about what I'm passionate about. So I have to learn. I don't know everything. It's just what I choose to be passionate about. And that's what I speak on. Yeah. Like um, a lot of people when I was in high school, I, I went to I went to a tech school when I was in high school. I uh-huh. didn't want to go to college. Um, I Up until my junior and senior year, I didn't take school seriously. And now I talk to people from school and they ask me, like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, well... And I tell them what I eventually want to go back to school for. And it's like, mm-hmm. and what the things I'm interested in, they're like, huh? Like, mm-hmm. all you did was this. Like, you never. Yeah, to my you? Yeah, me yeah. personally. Like, yeah, like, I, for instance, I, I told someone, I was um, I was talking to him, and we went to high school together. And I was like, yeah, uh, I started talking about astrophysics with him. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just got done reading this astrophysics book. And they're just like, huh? <laughs> they're like, you, you're a physicist? No, I'm not a physicist. And they're like, you, you never, like, you never really applied yourself that much when you were in school. And it's like, yeah, well. No, and also a lot of that comes from maturing. You yeah. know, you live and you learn. Yeah. And um, I, I look back at my high school days, and there's a lot of things that I do regret, mm-hmm. uh, not only in the classroom but athletically. And there's a lot of things that I wish I would applied myself more on, mm-hmm. and I could have, oh, I could have made it way. further. Yeah. But the thing is, is, I even though I do regret it, 
I don't think I would change it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't be sitting in this this hotel room. I'm not going to tell you where it's at because legally I can't. I wouldn't be interviewing you. I wouldn't have just left these weigh-ins. I yeah. wouldn't have had the same journey I would have had. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not even have the same friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows where I would have been? I might have been miserable. Um, yeah. And me, I if there's nothing else, even though I might not have a million dollars in my bank account, I, I'm happy all the time. 24-7, oh, yeah. I, I'm as happy as can be. Yeah, bad things happen, mm-hmm. but... I wouldn't change anything around me for anything right now. So, I mean, I tell everybody who, who ask, you know, I'm living the dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I set out and I became coach D and I started doing the MMA fight camp, my goal was to represent the sport of MMA with an MMA company. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And now that's exactly what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm living the dream. I, there is no reason for me to have a negative thought or down feeling. Because I'm doing what I set out to do. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, ain't no better feeling in the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a wonderful feeling. Like, I was telling um, the guy I do the Cerebrus Wrestling Podcast with, Coach Purdy, today. Mm. Uh, you know, I was talking about how it's like we both burn on both ends. And, like, I'm, I'm waking up and I made a Snapchat the other day. I said, I love work going – I just love working before I go into work. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, I said that jokingly. Um, you know, yeah, I, I it stresses me out at times, but – it's something I chose and I, I genuinely love doing it. It, mm. it doesn't feel like work. Like, you know, driving to these weigh-ins, I wasn't like, Oh God, I've got to do this. Or, I, and mm. then I have to do this interview. I was like, no, you know, it's going to be late. Okay. I mean, but I, yeah. I had fun doing it. Yeah. So, and I think passion is, you know, passion and self-actualization is a very key opponent in life. Yeah. And I, I'm glad we live in a society where we do nowadays. Like, you know, you look back, I would say 2000 years ago, if you went up, Ryan Hall has said this, and I think it's true. If you went up to a caveman about 2,000 years ago, or not even a caveman, but someone 2,000 years ago and said, hey, are you are you happy in your life? They look at you like you're fucking stupid. Like, no, I would be happy when you get out of my way so I can go get food. Yeah. And I think nowadays, you know, just in the society we live in with this technology society, um, you don't have to be on TV to be famous anymore. Mm-hmm. You can be on YouTube and yeah. make millions of dollars yeah. off YouTube. I think it's the perfect opportunity to grow you know, you, you can grow in ways that aren't only, you know, the beaten path. Like you, ha- you here in this society, we can have our own path in life mm-hmm. yeah. and still be successful. Well, so success is how you see success. Some people see success as money. Some people see things as materialistic things. Some people see success as fame. You know, it's all coming down to how you see, like, you know, I'm successful because I have the chance to do what I love to do. That's my success. You know, now, of course, do I want more money? Yes. You know, you know, I like more material things. Yes. But if those never happened and I died tomorrow, I would still be happy to the fact that I lived my life in the, in a way that I wanted to. You know? 100%. I, um, I was like, I, I just talked about that with someone today. I said that I wanted to, uh, if I, I like to live life that if I, if I were to die tomorrow, I would like for them to, um, you know, I would like for some of the people to look back and be like, you know, man, he was one, he was a crazy dude and he mm. just did everything. But, you know, damn, did I love that guy? Like he, yeah. he, you know, he, he was genuine. Uh, he always tried to put smiles on faces. And that's one thing, like, that's one thing I, I, that I hope to get out of this podcast. Even if people listen, even if they don't give two shits about MMA, mm. um, it, I, I don't even consider this an MMA based podcast. Yeah. It just happens to be that way. It's something mm-hmm. I'm passionate about. And people still listen, even if you don't care about MMA. If you listen, and and all of a sudden, you know, like you're entertained by it. 
I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. You know, if I if I can make you smile for the just the amount of time or even three seconds during this video, if I say something and you laugh or you or you know, Coach D over here says something and you laugh, then I'm happy that I would bring I was able to bring happiness in your life for, you know, an arbitrary arbitrary amount of time. And like I said, and that's not robotic. It's yeah. it's it's going to be a feeling. It's going to be a person has to see you a certain way because time is valuable. It is, you know what I'm saying? Is. You know, people are, are not willing to give up their time unless they see something in you that they like or respect. You well, know yeah, saying? Especially in this business because um, time is fi finite. You know, it, it is very limited here on earth. We only have a very small amount of time when you look at it in the grand scheme of, grand scheme of things. Like we've only, you know, we're like a minute away from the doomsday clock. Mm -hmm. You know, everything else has been you know, before us is, you know, on that clock. And if, you know, people want to see, like, if you're not, if you're not going to be worth their time, mm -hmm. then, you know, to, and, which is fine. If you're not, if they don't th think that you're worth your time, that it's fine. That's their opinion. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's like you said, like we, you have a very finite amount of time. So if you're able to put out the good content, people are willing to yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, and keyword, good content, people take, People take that for granted because now there's so many things that are easy to do. Like, you know, I was corrected on being a journalist. I used to say, hey, I'm, 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 I'm a journalist, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I had to correct myself. I go, I'm not. You know, so shout out to all the, all the journalists. You know, I would never disrespect what you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not. I'm a guy who has an opinion about a topic I'm passionate about. And I hope I can give tidbits of information that makes you engage on what my conversation is all about. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It happens to be MMA. You know what I'm saying? But the research that goes into being a, journey, a, a journalist a journalist is, you know, is through the roof to get it right on time and to deliver it in a meaningful way. It's not easy. It's not easy. You know it, what I'm saying? it isn't easy. And um, that's and I think that's, you know, you're talking about everything needs to be on time. That's that's one thing I do like about time not being, you know, infinite for us, because mm -hmm. if we were if time was infinite, we would one, we wouldn't have deadlines, but also we would. We really wouldn't live in the moment, mm. per se. And uh, now we're getting real philosophical on here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not going to be the last time. But, yeah, we, we if we weren't guaranteed tomorrow, then that that's what makes us work today. So, if, if say, if I were to live forever, um, as much as I'd like to live forever, it's not going to happen. As much as I'd like that, I know it would cloud my judgment on things. I'd be like, oh, you know, uh, I can just do it tomorrow. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at procrastinating already. Uh, unless it's something I really enjoy, but if I were to if I were to have unlimited time, I would slack off on so many things, and that's one thing I like about you know when it, I I don't even want to say journalism or media or podcasting. It's people expect prompt, yeah. you know, they expect you to be prompt, they expect you to be on time. They they want to hear. They don't want you to upload an episode and then three weeks later upload another one. Then two weeks like no, they want. They want it as much as they can get, oh, and yeah. you have to deliver. Right. As you know, and whether you say you're not, you are not, you are a journalist in my mind. I, you do bring news to MMA news, so yeah. I would say don't under, don't downplay yourself. Maybe maybe not technically a journalist, but I think those other journalists can you know suck a fat one. What you do <laughs> is journalism, so that's just my take though. That's my two yeah. cents. But like I said, and you're right with one thing. You know, like I said, think about your generation versus my generation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, back in the day, you know, we had to wait to next Friday to see our favorite show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we didn't have Netflix where the whole series is out. Oh at your, God, Black at Mirror your, is such a your, great series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At, at your fingertips. We had to wait. You know, 
So the anticipation was higher. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're glutton for information. We're yeah, glutton for content. Now. We're glutton for how fast can we get it? You know, our iPhone is not fast enough. You know what I'm saying? Our, our dial-up is not fast enough. Our, you know, our stream is not fast enough. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so, so I, I have to step my game up on a regular basis every day. I have to know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there verbally on my podcast and what I'm going to do, you know, every day. You know what I'm saying? So, have you ever thought about doing? Um, now, I know you do video podcasts. Do you do you do upload any audio only? No. So, do you? Okay, I was gonna say if you want, um, I can talk to you after this. Maybe uh, I don't know what software you use, but you can probably figure out how to strip the audio, mm. and then from there, I'll give you a a app. Oh no, I, I I can do it. I can do it from you know Final Cut Pro. Okay. You know so, uh, so yeah, so 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 doing audio is easy to do. Yeah. I just like video content. So, uh, no, I love video content, too. That's the thing. And that's also um, one thing that, you know, I had a lot of criticism on. Um, people were like, oh, you know, you should you should set it up where you do phone calls. That would be great. It would open up my audience. I agree. But on the same token, my argument against the phone calls is if we were on a phone call, I cannot read your body language. Yeah. Um, it's hard to hear tone as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound as clear. Um, but I just feel like personal, like, Contact, like I don't want to say contact, but face to face conversation, I feel is more genuine than mm-hmm. over the telephone, and that's why I'm driving to Greenville. I'm dri- I was actually going to drive to Columbia to do this with you. I, mm-hmm. I remember I said, "Hey, we can do this at a gym or something." Um, I'm willing to drive to people mm-hmm. just for conversation. Yeah, conversation I can have on the phone, mind you, mm-hmm. but I would much rather do it face to face. And um, but yeah, I'll actually show you if you, so you can strip the audio. That's cool. I'll show you. I'll give you an app. Mm-hmm. That you can download that will put you on multiple different platforms at once. Okay, so cool. all you do is you, you upload it to there and say publish everywhere and then bam, it's everywhere. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. I'll, show you, I'll, I'll let that. you know about that. But like I said, you know, everybody has a flavor. You know, my, my flavor is Coach D. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, as you see, I'm, I'm visual. I'm, I'm animated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's the eye expression. It's the hand movement. It's the, it's the you know, in your face is the point. All that's part of the act. But... For you to, like I said, and this is you know my advice to you, to you to advance in the game, yeah. you had to learn, you had to make that body language and that energy become oh, yeah. verbal. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I yeah. do, I do plenty of phone interviews because, you know, you know, Dom, he lives in California, he lives in Texas, or wherever he yeah. lives. You know what I'm saying? There's no well, way. Yeah, that's an you know extreme circumstance. But yeah. if someone, if someone were to be like, like for instance, um, let's say I wanted to interview Justin Burns, one of the coaches at X3, mm-hmm. I would drive down to Atlanta. Yeah. That's fine with me. I would drive to North Carolina. Yeah. Um. Uh. Maybe even, probably not Tennessee right now unless I had an open day. Mm-hmm. If I had an open day, I would drive to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, if it's like California, one hundred percent, I would have to do a phone call. Yeah. Like I said, but see, that's you have the grind mentality mm-hmm. to be one. Like I said, that's what me driving to every promotion, no matter where it was at, from Murder Beach to Virginia. You know what I'm saying? That was my grind. I wanted to put in the work to earn where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. People to shake my hand, see my intensity, see see my seriousness. Because like I said when I did my first podcast and my first interviews, you know, at Warfare, you know, Andy Hall didn't know who I was. You know, what I'm saying when I called them up and go, you know, hey man, I want to I wanted to interview any of your fighters. He was like, he was like, let me call you back. And what he did, he reached out to other people. Like he reached out to Chris Goggins. He reached out to people who who knew me, and go. What's up with this guy, Coach, whatever his name is? You know what I'm saying? So that's actually a funny thing. You mentioned Chris Scoggins. I, I want to have him on here because I I was childhood friends with J- uh, Jared. Yeah. And we actually were talking the other day, and he said, like, now that you're older, we can actually talk about things that, 
you know, as a child, you wouldn't have been able to understand. Like we started talking about physics and for instance, I was, we were talking about Carl Sagan. He had a quote. Yeah. Um, it's a picture that I love. It's all about perspective. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a pale blue dot yeah. and a sunbeam. And he says, um, matter of fact, I got it saved on here now. I'll, I'll read it because it, it is something that's beautiful. Um, but what I was going to say originally is when I saw Chris Scoggins, like one of your posts, I was like, Oh, he's made it. <laughs> I just knew it. But, um, well, first of all, me and Chris are great friends. Yeah. You know, we cut up in the inbox on a regular basis. Oh, Chris Scoggins you know is a wonderful and, you human know, being. And I love think him. about this. Let me tell you why. I'm going to give you the story. This is why I love Chris Scoggins so much. You remember back when I was coach D, Michael Whitley was my fighter yeah. and we were trying to fight Jared Scoggins mm-hmm. and we, we couldn't get it done. I used the shit on the Scoggins. You know what I'm saying? I used to go in with the murder. You know what I'm saying? I was Coach D, yeah. um, the fighter, the fight coach. You know what I'm saying? And every day, he would hear me blast his kids. You know what I'm saying? And still shake my hand whenever he sees me. Go, hey, man, how's it going? That, you can't help but respect that. Yeah. And then we became friends. And then we used to cut up an inbox. And we, I go, he's just like me. He's a shit talker. Who is extremely smart? Oh my god! He, he he's talking about oratory. I let I gave him the mic to yeah. to um to uh B roll Jared. You know, you know, doing um shadow boxing in you know on, on the mat, and his oratory game is nothing to play with. He yeah. can de- he can deliver a message. He's he's very oh good. God. He's I very good. As a kid, he would have me in stitches, mm-hmm. and um, he's very good at talking. Like yeah, you know, people, it, it's unreal. Like he's so personable. And the thing that I love about him is. He's su- like, and you know, I'm not saying other people, but he's such a great parent. He has so much love and support for his kids, no matter what mm-hmm. they do. Like, um, their old, the oldest brother, Jake, used to be a fighter, and mm-hmm. then he ended up going to Walford. And you know, he's just as invested as them as yeah. Justin, who's in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He's just as invested in Jared as he is Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just in, just as invested in their daughter, Jessica Scoggins, who mm-hmm. um, who has a kid, and he loves that grandbaby. I mean. He's such uh-huh. a wonderful dad, and I cannot uh-huh. say that I love Chris Scoggins to death. Uh-huh. I, you know, he's he he's very dad like to everybody. He's the nicest guy you can meet. Yeah. Like you, I said, but you got you got family history. You 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 were raised up under him, so you yeah. so you got the uh, emotional connection to him. You know, yeah. you know, we basically had to earn each other's respect. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying he didn't know me, I didn't know him. You know, what I'm saying I was coming at him aggressive, and he was like, okay, let's, let's make it happen. You know, type of guy. You know, what I'm saying so you can't help but see it come off them and become friends and all that kind yeah. of that stuff. So we don't, don't mean we ain't going to fight. We may fight tomorrow if Jerry don't act right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, it's a, but we have that mutual respect that will never go away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. And I feel, and I feel like everyone who goes through that, if um, and it's just a martial artist thing, even if you disagree, like, uh, for instance, say, which I don't think we, we've ever had any, like, serious disagreement. I mean, like I said, the Mayweather-McGregor thing, it was very civil. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've ever had a civil disagreement. But even in the martial arts world, if there is, a, like, a just a downright, you know, I cannot agree with you less type thing, at the end of it, they're still willing to have a mutual respect. It's like, because, yeah, we disagree, and we still, as far as martial arts, I know where you come from. I know you, you do work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa, people realize that about other martial artists. So, But it's also, def- you know, defend what you say. Yeah, you know absolutely. If I call you an MF, your next question is, why am I MF? Yeah. You know, and if I, if I can't give you a reason why you're MF, then, you know, something wrong with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I can defend your MF because you did this, 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 and this, you'd be like, okay, I, I, never, I really did that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it can go somewhere. 
You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is be willing to go there with it. See, that's you know the thing. Saying? A lot of people aren't like that nowadays. And Jordan Peterson, he's a clinical psychologist at a University of Toronto. And I'm actually reading his book right now. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, the 12 Rules of Living, an Antidote for Chaos. Uh, he talks about, you know, saying, you know, being a monster, you know, not only as a parent, but as a human. Mm-hmm. Being and, and I think he loosely uses that term monster. But what he means by that is, you know, if you say no, mean it. Mm-hmm. And when what he means by mean it, don't just say, hey, don't do that. He means if you defy him and it, it comes down to it, physical, you know, physical uh, combat is a is a threat. Mm-hmm. And so that's what people have to stand by their word and not saying, you know, if you say, I think uh, Outback has the best stakes and I say, no, I mean, we're not going to literally fight over that. Yeah. But it's one of those things that if you don't if you don't stand by what you believe, mm-hmm. then where's the backbone? Yeah. And yeah, I mean. Guess what, five fans? T is a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Oh my! I'm just realizing this now. He is a bona fide nerd. You I, know what? At some point, I'm gonna have to shit on him. Hey, go for know. it! I love it! I love it! I, I'll even I'll deliver back. People will be like, "Man, why do they hate each other? We don't hate each other." But <laughs> but like um, I said, this is this is the growing game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Without you know, like I said, when I first seen how much D, you know, talk about your brother, how much he would just chime in on. Every freaking joke. Okay, I was like, downfall. I was like, just trolling nerd right here. He's getting on my freaking nerves. Yeah. You know. But then, having a conversation, he began to make some points. Yeah. I said, okay, I, I see where you're going. I don't believe in this part, but I get you on this one. And I, I can have a respect somebody that can carry on the conversation. Somebody can go too far, but as long as you're willing to have a conversation, I can respect. Yeah, absolutely. I can respect um, that, that I think that's my biggest thing is with him is I, I feel like sometimes he wants to. I don't know if he does it to stir the pot or if he just genuinely loves arguing that much. Mm. But it's like he, yeah, he chimes in on everything, and sometimes it's like, oh my god, he's relentless now. He is relentless. I, I give him, I can count, I can go five, four, three, two, ding, bam, D-O-D. comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there you yeah go. I know exactly what you're going with. That. <laughs> I mean, I love him to death. He's my brother. I love him to death. We're um, like we've grown closer over the years. Obviously, you know, yeah. you know, getting older, that's what normally happens. But I, I, I definitely say he, when it comes to MMA. He does have knowledge in it at some, you know, to some degree. Um, he's very passionate about it, and he does study it. Like I mean, I there's been countless times he's like, "Hey, have you seen such and such is on a UFC card now?" I'm like, "Who?" And it's some person who's from Venezuela that mm-hmm. that no one's ever heard of. And he's like, "Yeah, man, he's he fought such and such." And it's like, it's almost like he's the Rain Man with MMA knowledge, <laughs> like. He he knows more than anyone needs to know yeah. as far as like hit, uh, stats and all that goes, and I'm just like, so sometimes it can get annoying arguing with him about it, but at the same time, I have to, I have to admit he does know what he's talking about. Yeah. So. Well, in that case, he he gets involved. I can respect anybody who has something to say and they're willing to pay to say it, which means you know when we when we did our pay per view, you know what I'm saying I think it was the second show. You know, and, and he had something to say. I go, I go, dude, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, I'm watching your show now. I was like, that's, okay. that's my man. Yeah. You know, so he's willing to spend his hard money to have an opinion. I am down with that. You know, if you so, want to have an opinion, buy a ticket. Yeah. You know so what I'm saying? Actually, buy a interview. I need to you know message George Shire tonight. Um, he, Hopefully he's not asleep. I need to message him because we were talking about maybe doing a, um, since it's audio only, there would be no video shown. So I, we would, you know, copyright, obviously, we would be avoiding and there wouldn't be any audio, but we were thinking about actually doing a live podcast with us just watching the fights, kind of like a fight companion. Mm-hmm. So I want to message him and see if, if that's okay. Um, 
because I think that would be cool because if people are watching, you know, watching my podcast and they didn't get to watch those fights, it's like, hey, you can at least feel like you were a part of it mm. and maybe we can, I don't know, I, like I said, I'll message George Shire. Listen, as long as, you're, as long as you're not spoiling it for people, yeah. like I said, you know, if, if they're, if they're trying to watch it or, or they're live, you know, or whatever, and you say, hey, so-and-so just got knocked out, and they were, just, you know, trying to, trying to watch it in that course, not that, but like, yeah. as long as you're talking about how the fight's going, oh, this yeah. is a great fight, you know what I'm saying, the back and forth is good, and then something, you know, so, but hit them up and see. Yeah, I, I, I want to find out, because I think uh, not only one that would, um, I think it, it, it yeah, 864 could help me with that, because mm-hmm. they've got the bigger fan base, and two, I think it would be kind of cool for people to, like, say, who were working that night, and mm-hmm. I don't know how... I don't know how y'all's internet pay-per-view system. We usually watch it while it happens. Yeah. Um, just because we, we are fight nerds. Like we watch, uh, we'll watch like LFA on mm-hmm. access TV. We'll watch boxing. We'll mm-hmm. watch glory. Like mm-hmm. we always watch something, yeah. you know, when it's on and, um, say if someone's not able to catch it, we would love for them to at least feel like they were a part of the action. That way, when it happens next, they were like, Hey, I heard them talking about this, man. I, I'm going to have to make sure I watch it next time. Let mm-hmm. me make sure I'm off of work. And, um, that's kind of like today, like when I, when I was wanting to interview you, I was, I was making sure I was like, Hey, can I get off work? You know, this eight, six, four thing to me is, you know, yeah, this job pays me money as far as, you know, working, but I'm, I'm really, I'm so passionate about MMA. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, I was like, this is where I should be mm-hmm. versus work. So, mm-hmm. well, I said, you know, and, and that's why another reason why I agreed to give you the interview, because, you know, I believe in passing it on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, somebody gave me a chance to have my first interview so I can take that interview and get a name from it, start growing my, myself as an interviewer in podcasts and so on. So, like I said, you know, I'm, I'll pass it on. Yeah. All right, man, I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, I, You probably, I don't know if you can hear from all the way there, but my stomach is making the rumblies right no, now. No, we're good, man. We're good. Yeah, so uh, I'm up? actually going to head out so you can, I guess, go ahead and get some sleep. There's a big show tomorrow. No, I got stuff, I got stuff to upload, man. So. Oh, well, then I'll let you go. Yeah, because that's going to take time. I'm probably going to be waking up tomorrow and we'll see if I can squeeze in some stuff before the cord. So, man, I really appreciate you being on. This is. Man, not a problem. Not a problem. All right, guys. uh, This this has been T. Curry from the T. Curry podcast. Uh, My alter ego, T Bird. Uh, A lot of people know me as that childhood thing. Uh, Coach D, do you want to say anything before you leave? All right, right, five fans. Hey. Hey, T's the man, man. His, his, his game is good. I'm, 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 I'm impressed, man. So I'm going to watch him grow. And I'm going to back him up so that he can grow. So right. I'm going to do what I do. For those of y'all don't know, check out Coach D on Facebook he, and his YouTube and all that. Uh, go ahead and shout out that so they know because I know you've got a multiple show. So go ahead and shout those out so I can so they can hear it from you. Yeah, I got plenty. So everybody know I'm Coach D, you know, of course. Uh, you know, um, I got the I got the Get Down Report with H6 World Fighting Championships. You know, also I got, um, you know, MMA Fight Camp. You know, which is on Facebook and YouTube. So if you type in MMA Fight Camp you in Facebook, you'll find me. If you type in MMA Fight Camp on YouTube, you'll find me there too. All right, guys. Um, again, this has been brought to you by Roll Soap, www.etsy.com slash shop slash Roll Soap. Um, if you're not doing anything tomorrow night and you're in Greenville, I recommend going to the Shriners, um, what's it, the Shriners? Shriner Club. Shriner Club and going to watch the fights. If you can't watch the fights there, uh, go to um, <clears throat> 864fc.com. Is that the site? That's it. Yeah, 864fc.com and get the pay-per-view. It's $15, guys. That's really not that much. That's that's going out and eating fast food. Mm-hmm. That's just It's a fast food meal, guys. So watch that. There's a lot of great fights. I cannot stress it enough. This card is stacked. You have future superstars on here. I highly recommend you go watch this. So uh, It's been real, guys. Uh, from 
you know, from Coach Tyler here and Coach D here. Until next time, hashtag Russell6. All right, peace out.